0: What's the thing that scares you the most? Confined spaces and uh, uh, blood. Particles in the air, the dark, that coral thing that's been staring at me since I came in here. Chris, I'm scared to death.
1: Welcome to the Sum of All Fear podcast, the show that examines real-life phobias and the horror movies that prey on them.
0: So pour yourself something strong, feardos, and let's find out what makes you afraid.
1: It's January 2nd.
0: Whoop, whoop.
1: Do you know what that means?
0: Uh, it's World Introvert Day.
1: That's really, really, really <laughs> apropos because it's also, you being a professional introvert, mm-hmm. it's also our one-year anniversary.
0: <gasps> I knew that. It's
1: our Sum of All, not our one-year marriage anniversary, our Sum of All Fear podcast anniversary. We recorded our very first episode on January 2nd.
0: The lost episode, 2019.
1: It is the lost episode. We, uh, it was fear of darkness, and we, we lost it. It, it disappeared.
0: That is. It ye- was.
1: It was your greatest thing that ever happened to you. I think.
0: That is ye who shall not be named.
1: Yeah, you did not like that episode.
0: No, it was terrible. It was
1: terrible, but you know what? It was nostalgic, and I miss it. Oh, I'm well, sad.
0: Good for you. I'm
1: going to be belching all the way through this episode. By the way, like I did just now. <laughs> so, excuse me. <laughs> We, we just, had
0: ate, mass we just ate 45 of pieces bread. of
1: garlic bread, uh, on our, our, we had a little date night. We went and had our, our comfort food that we've been, we've been nominal for the last uh, few months at uh, Cassell's halfway house, the oldest restaurant in Reno.
0: That's now having to take reservations three days in advance. Yeah. We showed so, up to get a
1: table and they were like, sorry, dude, we're, we're, broke. so we sat at the bar and the
0: bar is like six seats deep so, yeah we sat you know, at the bar but we the
1: bar was open and we sat and had some delicious food and
0: still the best
1: chatted with uh with nick kroll the italian like, nick kroll
0: oh the sexy italian nick kroll clint
1: yeah yeah he looks a lot like him oh yeah there's no doubt about it yeah um, he, he looks like nick like kroll him. but like buff
0: and italian and like
1: in good shape you and know, not jewish like, and not jewish yeah like well, he might be but might well, well i
0: mean he might be but he's definitely italian because his <laughs> mom is yeah, or his grandmother is. Is
1: he is he a grandkid? Do you know? Yeah,
0: he's the he's a grandson. Are you sure? Yeah, okay. because his sister is our waitress all the time. Oh, They're gotcha. twins.
1: Gotcha. They're twins? Really? Pretty sure. Huh. So like the female Nick Kroll? The female sexier version of Nick Kroll? I
0: think if no. I don't
1: know how that would look. I'm kind of confused. She's so cute. It's though, making me confused in so, my in my special parts. Oh
0: gosh. She's so sweet though, too. Like that whole family, they work so hard and
1: they do. It's oh. all family run. They all are waiting on the tables. It's great. Cassell's halfway. It club feels in Reno. like
0: you went to someone's house for for dinner. It's amazing. You
1: know? Yeah, it's super, super good. Well, welcome back, Feardos. Uh, it is our one year anniversary, and we are very, very happy that we made it a year. We made it twenty eight episodes. Holy uh, this shit! Is, this is episode twenty nine.
0: I've had relationships that
1: yeah didn't last that long. Last this Hell yeah, lots of them.
0: Like, whew.
1: and we we had our New Year celebration, which we we went. Balls to the wall. So
0: balls to the wall. Yeah,
1: we were laying on the couch. Um, we were
0: playing Call of Duty.
1: We played with the played video games with the kids <laughs> and uh, and watched some TV and uh, went to we bed watch? about 12 15. No I You didn't watch anything because you were asleep by 10 o'clock and then woke up right before midnight. Ten
0: o'clock is late for me. K. It was it was late. So thank you. Yeah, I'd like was. a little credit where credit is.
1: I know due. how hard it is for you to stay up past eight forty five. So I
0: am up at five o'clock every morning though.
1: You are You are, especially now with our diabetes dog.
0: Oh, With
1: Wilford Brimdog.
0: Wilford Brimdog. I love her, though. Yeah, you got
1: to get up and give her shots at 6 a.m. every morning. She's
0: doing so good now, too. I'm taking her blood sugar before, and she just holds still so that I can poke her ear a little bit. Oh. She holds it until the beep goes and knows that she gets good pats because she's the goodest girl. Oh, my goodness.
1: (sighs) Ah, (laughs) <laughs> diabetes dog. I
0: know. The challenges that we face make us stronger, right?
1: That's right. Well, welcome uh, to a new year and a new season. Season uh, season two, episode two, I guess. Two-two. Two. Um, I'm Drew. I'm a writer and a horror nerd. And this is my amazingly mentally fantastic and gorgeous wife, Chris. She's a mental health therapist Hi. professionally. Sometimes. <laughs> no, that's that's your job. <laughs> We've already established that.
0: I'm I'm that's ment- a career. I'm mental. Sometimes you have you have yes. de- you
1: have degrees. They're fancy. Yeah, they sit up on the wall.
0: Lots of people have degrees nowadays.
1: <laughs> they were not I should have not purchased trade, online. damn it. They were not purchased online. They were earned
0: that's, well, in a classroom. They were purchased. Even online degrees are worth something. Sure.
1: there's. Not, I wasn't disparaging online degrees. I said they weren't purchased online. Oh,
0: like fake? Yeah.
1: Like you just buy them to put them on your wall.
0: Why would I do that when I could just print one out myself?
1: I don't know. Maybe you can get actual plaque. You can get a plaque made.
0: Yeah. You can like go to Kinko's and have that made. Maybe. You know, I could be a fucking doctor. Jeez. But that would be m- misrepresentation and unethical.
1: Well, ethics. And I would be
0: the worst fake doctor ever.
1: <laughs> you do play one on the radio sometimes. No. Is this the radio? No. Is it still the radio? Do we still call it the radio, even though most people are listening on their phones? Like, it, is it radio? Is
0: it radio transmitted? No, no, but
1: no, I guess you're right. It's not. It's digital. It's digital radio.
0: Eh, eh. They know what we mean. <laughs> listening with hey, your ear thing. I
1: hope everyone had a great holiday. Uh, and enjoyed their Christmas and enjoyed their,
0: their other holidays, well, other holidays,
1: etc., And, uh, an awesome new Yom year.
0: Kapoor, right. Yeah, no, was,
1: Yom Kippur, no. Hanukkah.
0: No, Hanukkah. No, there's another one. Um, Yom Kippur
1: is, uh, is, 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 uh, it's farther, farther down the road. Is it? Uh,
0: no, Kwanzaa. <laughs> is Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa. There, excuse me. No, I meant Kwanzaa. That's another one. That's yeah, Yom this Kippur time is a,
1: is, is a Jewish holiday.
0: Okay.
1: Um, as is Hanukkah and Kwanzaa is an African American holiday. I know. Uh, So (laughs) if you guys had a good Christmas, we, we, uh, we surprised our boys with a Disneyland trip, which was exciting. They, they had a better reaction this time than the last time. Don't you agree?
0: Yeah.
1: Last time when they were like, it was like three, four years ago, they were younger. We had this whole puzzle and they put together the puzzle and the puzzle spelled out. You're going to Disneyland. Well,
0: they had to find it. And they just
1: looked at it and went, Oh, cool. Cool. And like, is there any more presents? Where are we at? Cause they just did not, it didn't sink in. Now they were very excited later on when they realized they were actually going on a trip. Uh, But this time they, they got it right away and, and reacted appropriately. Um, It made me a lot happier. Um, I got some sweet guitar stuff. Yes. You got some books. Yeah. What else did you get?
0: Uh, my favorite weighted blanket ever.
1: Oh, got a weighted blanket, so, to <sighs> so to soothe your anxiety. It's
0: like a hug every time I go to sleep.
1: Yeah, it's so great. phobia sufferers, you know, this might be a good idea for you. I don't
0: know about phobia sufferers. Phobias and anxi- phobias but a breed folks anxiety. People are experiencing anxiety may enjoy the feel the the feeling of light pressure applied evenly all over the body. Right. You don't
1: think somebody who's having a panic attack, experiencing phobia, would really enjoy a good weighted blanket?
0: I don't know. It just it depends on the individual, but I think it's I think it's definitely a comforting feeling, especially when you buy the weight that is good for your body weight because because that's how you are supposed to purchase them. So you're supposed to purchase them based on your body weight, and there's a range and stuff. So I got the 15 pound one, and that one, you know, when you just pick it up with your arms, like yeah, it's super uncomfortable and awkward and hard and horrible. But when you apply it evenly all over your body. It's, it's just like just enough pressure to make you feel
1: like you're back in the womb.
0: It ca- kind of just like sunken in into, you know, wherever you are. It's just, it's a great feeling. I love it. So and you
1: got a tattoo gift certificate. I did I get some tattoos. I don't
0: know what I want though. That's we'll my cover problem. Up some bad tattoos. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to cover up some 10 year old tattoos that, that need, some, that need work. some
1: spruce, some sprucing up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we had a good, I think it was, it was a nice holiday. It was, it was pretty mellow. Was we didn't, it wasn't holiday. like super, it wasn't super stressful. I think we got through it. Okay. Yeah. You know, not too bad. Um, and now I'm kind of glad that we're on the other side of it. So glad. And we're moving towards this new year. 2019 uh, had its ups and downs. Like
0: no major holidays until March now. Cool. So
1: we're good for a little while. Um, we hope that you, if you've been listening all year, we are so Stoked that you've stuck around with us. We've definitely picked up some new listeners over the last couple months. Uh, we've been growing steadily, which is really fun. Um, we are going to end the year with with a, a really solid amount of downloads. And we're excited that we've been growing. And we want to grow more in, to, in 2020.
0: 2020?
1: 2020? How do we say that? In 20.
0: Uh, 2020.
1: Uh, this is 2020. Is that a show? That was a show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. But if you're new, check out our Facebook page. We have a, we have a Some of All Fear podcast uh, Facebook page. We're on Twitter and Instagram as Some of All Fear Pod. And like we say, if the spirit does move you, we have a Patreon, uh, which we don't really give enough attention to. Um, but maybe this year that will be a goal for, our, for us, a resolution. Podcast
0: to resolution. Expand
1: our Patreon, expand uh, the podcast, record more. I think we want to record more consistently. That would be a good goal, right? Got mm-hmm. any other goals?
0: Um, I would like for more people to message us and ask for stickers. That would be cool too. That would be we really have lots cool. of stickers
1: to give away. Um, you know, we had a we had a and I, I I didn't write this down, but I think her name on Twitter is Iman. Um, She messaged us a few weeks back, uh, maybe even a couple months back, about starting a Facebook group, about how cool it would be to start a Facebook oh, group. And I know sweet. she's part of the Horror Virgin. Group because that group on Facebook is badass, like they they are so active, and people are it's growing. I mean, that podcast is they've blown up this year, like they had 200,000 downloads this year, so they're they're killing it. Um, and congratulations to those guys! Heck they're, yeah, they're
0: the best, and they've
1: been really big supporters of us too, um, which is really cool. But I think it was Iman, um, reached out to us, and I know she's been a listener, um, but she reached out, and I cannot re- find her message anywhere. And I don't know if, if it was on Facebook or on Twitter or on. Uh, you know, Instagram. So I would love to see this podcast become more of a community and would love to see, a, a, you know, us expand into more, you know, being able to talk on Facebook and have a, have a group where people can share their phobias, share their horror movie, you know, loves and likes. Um, that'd be really fun. So reach out to us again. We would love to talk about that. And maybe you can help us get it started. Um, wouldn't that be fun?
0: Yeah, that's a great idea.
1: Yeah. So... Cool. Well, we're not going to play What the Fear today. We're going to have a little bit of a different episode. Uh, know What the Fear. We're going to talk about our top 10 horror movies of 2019, uh, which I'm very excited about. Hope you're not horror movie listed out, because I know everybody and their brother has done a top 10 list uh, over the last few weeks. Um, but I don't care. I like talking about horror movies, and I enjoy talking about ones that I like. So we're going to... Break down all of our favorites this year. Um, and I know Chris has a lot of opinions about the phobias too. We're going to talk about phobias attached to those movies um, and talk maybe a couple of our worst experiences too. Um, just movies that we did, that didn't meet our expectations. Meh. Not bad uh, necessarily.
0: Underwhelming.
1: Underwhelming for us. You know, maybe they were on your top list.
0: And that's okay too.
1: Which is okay. Um because I always hate saying like the worst movies because movies are really hard to make. And I appreciate filmmakers who make movies. Um, and even in those bad or the ones that I didn't like as much, I found a lot to, to, uh, they're to not, enjoy.
0: They're not bad. They're just movies that made you go. Meh. Yeah. Just yeah.
1: You walk out and you that don't have anything, thing. didn't move you. And I have one on my list that's going to shock people and it's going to piss off some people probably too. Um, but it was one of those that I just, just didn't hit for me, but it's on a lot of people's top 10 lists. So.
0: Oh, let Uh, the controversy begin. Yeah,
1: there's going to be some controversial ones for sure. Uh, Get ready
0: for death threats. Let's.
1: (laughs) (laughs) How dare you? From the director. Uh, So let's uh, let's hear our quick little anchor ad to talk about how wonderful this podcast app is that we use. Uh, And then we'll go right into our uh, our 2019 horror movies. What do you think?
0: That sounds pretty great.
1: All right. Let's roll it. This episode's super nerve wracking because it's so out of our normal format that I'm like, I don't know what to do with my hands.
0: <laughs> it's just a top I 10 I don't
1: know what to do with my hands. <laughs> we have this formula, you know, it's like it goes from here and then to here and then there's a break and then we have a commercial and it's very odd. I don't it's know. It's
0: okay to be uncomfortable, try new things.
1: It's weird. Step out. It's got of- kind of my belly all messed up or it could be the 45 pieces of garlic bread that I had.
0: I think you might be onto something with the 45 pieces of garlic. Do you think so? Yeah.
1: Um, And the whiskey I've been drinking and the. That too. Yeah.
0: And the pasta. And the the cheese. And the large amounts
1: of pasta and cheese. (laughs) I did have a salad.
0: Small salad. It was a small salad. Yeah. Uh,
1: So. So when we look back on our year, like a a couple years ago, I watched like 150 horror movies or more.
0: It was pretty absurd.
1: In the year. Um, but since we started this podcast and we had such a crazy year, we pretty much were relegated to the movies that we did for the show. Like a lot of the ones we didn't go see, we, we, we managed to get out and see some new, new movies.
0: Like regular movies.
1: Yeah. Some of the newer, newer. Like we newer, saw Joker. Well, we, we didn't see a lot of regular movies. We saw mostly horror. Um, but we did get out and see a few of the new releases this year. Sure. Um, and we did catch up in the last few weeks. We definitely tried to catch up with a handful um, just to make sure that we saw them before the end of the year and we could do this end of the year top 10 list uh, some some justice yeah I um, kind of
0: crammed it in there
1: and I've seen a lot of controversy back and forth on a lot of these top 10 lists with people and everybody's opinionated and horror fans are are just man there's like the pretentious horror fans that like refuse to give credit to like any horror comedy and then there's like which hey I get it if it's not your bag it's not your bag and then there's the the like over the top, people who just want blood and guts and anything that makes you like use a brain cell um, is like, Oh, that's terrible. This is wicked art horror, you know? So, and again, I think I've made this pretty clear. I like it all. I like horror. What? If it's a horror movie, I'm going to enjoy it. So even the worst ones that I see, I still find something that I enjoy. Um, However, I will say this movie, I almost turned off. So our first, our first movie that didn't meet our expectations, I hate to say worst, uh, was Haunt, which made it on a whole bunch of people's top 10 lists. People really liked this movie.
0: So this was your number one underwhelming film. Well,
1: I didn't rank them that well, way, your but this is the first one that I'm mentioning.
0: Underwhelming film. Uh, it was
1: an Eli Roth, I think produced and, or something. And and I, you know, I was really looking forward to it. I, I was like, man, it's cool. It's a Halloween move, you know, around Halloween time. Uh, and
0: it just didn't land,
1: just didn't land, didn't land for you either.
0: No, you I, it didn't really... land to me so much that I forgot it almost entirely that yeah. I had even watched it. And you had to show me some parts to jog my memory. That's
1: right. You didn't That's remember watching it. how
0: underwhelming it was. Cause <laughs> we almost turned I was it off. Like, I
1: almost turned it off halfway. I literally did. And I'll tell you the reason why. Okay. Uh, I just thought the characters were so horribly unlikable. Like,
0: yeah. I didn't it care was the they most
1: died. douchey characters uh, ever for me. Like I was watching it and going, I hope all of these people die. Like that would be great. They go into this super secret haunted, you know, haunted, extreme haunted house kind of thing. And I'm like, I hope they all die. I care about no one. Um, and there was just to me, it was predictable and just didn't give me anything that really was all that exciting.
0: I want to call it contrived.
1: That's kind of how I felt about it. Yeah.
0: Like it, it felt contrived. Is that the right word for that? I
1: think so. I mean, I, you know, uh, lots of people really enjoy it. Enjoyed it. I just didn't feel it. Hmm. Um, so haunt would be one that did was a definite miss for me this year. Maybe I'll watch it again sometime and I'll be like, shit, man, this movie was really cool. Maybe it's just the time I saw it.
0: Right. The mood you were in. Never lots of know. things play a part. It's but... happened
1: before. Uh, the second one on my list uh of ones that just didn't quite mesh this year uh was child's play which we went and saw at the drive-in um you know could that have played a role you know we did see it at the drive-in and there might have been some distractions (laughs) if you know what i mean and i think you do you thank you joe bob and Uh, i think you i think you do there might have been a few distractions uh, but at the same time, it was, it was, it wasn't a remake. It was kind of a reimagining of the the whole story. I really
0: like that word, reimagining. Um,
1: and it was, it was mildly entertaining. I was entertained by it. Uh, it just wasn't like, it just didn't do much, you know. And I love Aubrey Plaza, so that was a that was a yeah. Press.
0: I think she made a lot of the movie really. But at the same fun. time, she was
1: horribly cast. Right, like, it was the wrong. It was the wrong role. For her, but you know. Uh but there was, you know, it, it was what it was. Meh. So that was number two. Uh my next one was uh was Pet Cemetery.
0: And see, that wasn't a reimagining.
1: No, it was pretty much a, 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 remake. a remake. Um, but they made some minor twists, you know, to the ending and some to, tweaks. Yeah, to to, you know, uh to Modernize who got killed. It. And and I enjoyed it. When we walked out, I went, that was it was good. I thought it was a well-made movie. There was a lot to Uh, I thought visually it was, it was, it was good. Um, you know, I thought it was pretty well acted, although John Lithgow just as much as I love him, uh, and just think he's fucking phenomenal. Uh, just didn't, you know, didn't play the role that, you know, Herman Munster did man. just to me, like he was just the better, just better in that, in that, in that role.
0: Was that the movie that we went to and we were really hungry. So we decided to get pretzels. And so we got two pretzels and no one told us that the pretzels were like the size of large pizzas. And we each had pretzels the size of like large pizzas.
1: No, that was not that movie. That was Dr. Sleep like a few weeks ago. That was Dr. Sleep. When we saw pet cemetery like 9 months ago. See,
0: I didn't remember when the pretzel incident oh my happened. It just
1: happened like literally last month. I
0: have terrible chronological memory. <laughs> we went and saw that.
1: that was like uh what was that? October? Like no, it was November. It was in November because it was Dr. Sleep. That's when that came out. You forget things that happened like six weeks ago. Yeah,
0: because I don't There's have...
1: problems with your concussions here. No,
0: I just don't have room in my brain to keep that stuff around handy. So it's filed away in like the long term. And the long term lady takes a long time to get your That was your shit. not
1: very long ago, Chris. You should remember the giant pretzel incident. By the way, movie I pretzels remember. at this place were literally like, <laughs> they were, they were the like size. $20 a piece. And we we're like, what the hell? Did we just spend $40 on pretzels? And we realized it was the size of a pizza. But
0: no one warned us. Yeah, they didn't warn
1: us. We're just like cool pretzels. How many pretzels? That sounds good. They're
0: the size of a large pizza. They were
1: they were fucking massive
0: <laughs> and doughy. Ridiculous. As fuck. Yeah, ridiculous.
1: <laughs> um. So yeah, Pet Cemetery. Yeah. Yeah. It was one of those. Again, you walk out and you go, nah. "It wasn't too bad." I mean, I've seen worse remakes for sure. Um. This is the one that's going to piss everybody off, though. Oh. Oh. Okay. So this one I watched. You, I know this. You one? did not see this one. Okay. Um, I watched it while you were in Seattle. Oh, and I was so excited. So it was actually right after I had painted the I so I I remodeled our whole living room while she was out of town. I painted it and 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 put up new pictures and did all this, this hung stuff in TV, our living room.
0: You got us a Bluetooth speaker, yeah, like, yeah, did a bunch of shit. so good.
1: Um so then when she came home, she was like, Oh my gosh, what'd you do? Because I was I was out of work and you know, was like, I should do something. Um, but I watched it, so I, I finished all of that and i was so excited cuz i finished everything i had my i had a glass of whiskey i had just gotten some takeout uh, and plopped myself felt down felt super fulfilled so excited to watch this movie cuz i'd heard all the critics just raving about it um and it was one of those that just didn't didn't hit for me uh and i say that with a caveat because it was beautifully made um but tigers are not afraid was one that is not I cannot put it on my worst list. I would never say that because it 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 had a lot of really redeeming qualities. It was beautifully made. Um, and it had it had a lot of Pan's labyrinth kind of feel to it. Um, and it was very, it was a very heavy dramatic movie, which I like. I enjoy those. Um, and very fanciful, you know, and and it, it was moving. Uh, but just at the end of it I went, hmm, I felt like I've seen the same movie, but just better a few different times. And so it just felt kind of flat for me. Mm. Really high expectations again and just didn't. Maybe I was in the wrong mood. Maybe I was in the wrong mood. Made a ton of people's top 10 lists. Um, And it's normally the kind of movie that I really love. Right. And it just didn't do it. Might have just been my mood. Maybe I just just wasn't ready for it. Yeah. Um, you know, we had been through a lot of stress and stuff. Maybe it was just not the right yeah, like, I
0: don't want all this.
1: So that one made my list. It's going to get some, there'll be some blowback for that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've only been recording for nine minutes. I
0: know. I just wanted to remind you.
1: Oh, she reminded me, she was trying to remind me that we have like a 30 minute cutoff point. Um, but we've only been recording for like nine and a half minutes. So I just, remembered. we're good. We're good. Um, so let's go talk about our, our, I hate the negative, negative. and so like I said, not negative on the, negative the only a one. That, the negative. only one that the only one that die, that dives into negative a little bit was Haunt for me. I just really disliked. I literally disliked that movie, and I very rarely dislike a movie. That's true. Like very rarely. Like I love horror, so I'm like, oh, it's a horror. So it was fun, and that one I l- just did not like it. The whole thing. i this whole time. I'm just like, yeah, I want to hit these people in the face.
0: <laughs> Do you very rarely not like a movie because? you don't get far enough into a movie that you don't like to finish it and be able to say something like that.
1: No, no, no. I finished almost every movie I watch. I don't oh. turn movies off. That's why this one was such so crazy. It was like, I literally, I almost wanted to shut it off. Hmm. Um, but yeah, all the rest of them had their moments, but just fell flat for us this year. Um, and you would agree on, on, uh, like, on yeah. most of those, right? Yeah, uh, on the tiger's them. not afraid, yeah. But
0: on the ones that I saw, I'd agree. They were just all messed up. So sorry, misses you know.
1: misses for us on milk those. milk toast. But what we are here to talk about today are not the ones we didn't like. We're here to talk about the ones that we did like.
0: The ones that we loved.
1: The ones that we really, 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 really dug. And that you wanna- you what did you think of the list? Because I compiled the list and then I gave it to you. Um what what was your first opinion?
0: I didn't have any arguments about it or anyone's. You didn't that have anything you
1: wanted to add to it?
0: No. Um, and I saw a lot of the same movies that you did yeah, this year. Yeah, I think we watched most so, of them. And
1: I think most of the time we tend
0: to agree on And we more. figured out that we basically didn't see any normal movies this year. We only, like, that yeah, joke saw or was like the
1: only regular uh, movie besides uh, saw. Like,
0: either. sort of regular movie. Yeah.
1: Even that one kind of dives into, yeah, um, into the.
0: So, yeah, I, I agreed with this list and I agreed with the kind of meh list as well. Um, Although it's hard for me to say this is my number one film of this year. Like, I have a hard time with that because it really depends on my mood. So I like doing a top 10 because it gives me a chance to kind of go through a lot of different types and a lot of different moods and go like, this is this range of things that I really enjoyed. Absolutely. So maybe your top 10 is actually solidified and mine is kind of more fluid based on what what I'm feeling. I I
1: absolutely agree. And I, I I think when you do these kind of lists, it's all about uh, what was going on with you when you saw it, or there's certain things that made it a really good movie for you at the time. And that's why I think these lists, these lists are always subjective. And when people argue about people's top 10 lists, I think it's really dumb (laughs) because they're subjective. They are, they are your opinion and we are on this podcast talking about all of our thoughts and and so that's what this is. This is just our thoughts and our opinion. And it's gonna it's gonna differ from yours and it's gonna differ from a lot of other people's. Um, you know, I saw something today where somebody was talking about how much they hated Terrifier. Love that movie. I had so much fun with that movie. I think it's just so a really fun slasher with just a fun. lot of just good blood it's and gore so, there's, no, there's nothing redeemable about it no it's, just,
0: it's so it's just, nonsense and it's great it's just
1: great character You know, oh, just, just, it's a, so, just a really shitty character that, that just has such a like
0: he's so shitty and yet so and so likeable like- at the same time or, you know, or, or, or just whatever. like so intriguing like you want to see what he's going to do but it next. has nothing to
1: do with there's no there's nothing redeemable about the film as far no. as message or anything like that but you know and we like that kind of stuff sometimes um, but Uh, So every one of these movies has a, you know, has a place, um, you know, that we we just there was a time that we watched it and there was uh, a mood that we were in and it just fit, you know, or or we saw it. We went, holy shit, that's just an amazing flick. That was fun. So my number 10 uh, to start this list is one that did not make many top 10 lists, uh, because I think in the horror community. People just I think they were expecting they were expecting it to be more adult and it just wasn't. And that's scary stories to tell in the dark. Yeah, yeah. Uh, scary stories to tell in the dark. So many people were looking forward to it. Guillermo del Toro, you know was attached to it. Um, Andre Averdal was the director. Uh, I think outside in, in the horror community, people really there was kind of a mixed reaction mixed bag. um outside the horror community, people loved it because it, it's still I mean, it's got six point two on IMDB. You know, 78% on Rotten Tomatoes, 84% on Google. It's not blowing, you know, blowing the doors off. But overall, I think people really enjoyed it. And I loved it. I thought it was perfect. You know, it was geared towards the audience that I was when I read the book, you know, or, or that younger audience. And I thought they did a really fun job with it. Um, What what did you think? We We took the boys. You
0: were able to kind of look at it through the lens of being an adult now, watching this, thinking about how your younger self might have reacted. If I'm not doing, I am still that, scared. Know?
1: I like jump scares. So you I, do. I, 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 I,
0: I, I honestly didn't see probably three quarters of the movie because I was so interested in Hudson and the woman sitting next to me during this movie. So, I mean, and they enjoyed it in, immensely. <laughs> so I enjoyed it. That's right.
1: We disagreed about this one when we came out. That's probably one of the only movies that we actually yeah. kind of disagreed because you didn't really think it, it was that might
0: right. have fallen. So I don't think it would have been on my men list. I just don't know if it would have been on my top 10, but I honestly couldn't find anything else that would replace it unless it was a TV show. Like right. I I would have right. put, you know, a Netflix something or a Hulu something right. in there instead. Um, but we also did this as a fear. So we kind of dove deeply into it this season. Um, you know, we got, we got really, intimate with phobophobia and that was when we talked about the vagus nerve in the gut and kind of that gut brain reaction connection um and you know how when fear pushes just close enough it produces delight but when it pushes too far that's when we don't like it yeah you know
1: yeah and and you know watching the boys react to it was my was my biggest joy with it was this was kind of their first move movie that they saw in the theater. That was a, a horror movie, a scary movie. It was, and it was geared towards their age group. It really was. And I still, but I still love that. I still have that little kid in me that still likes goosebumps and still likes, you know, these kind of things. And so it really hit for me. Um, and I love that we dove into it afterwards and, and we're able to kind of do, so this was a episode 21 um, listen if you want to listen to more in-depth breakdown of of what we thought of the movie and stuff um and we talked about the fear of fear which is phobophobia uh and that was the the you know what we what we uh broke I don't know break down I hate saying breakdown all the time but <laughs> <laughs> it's how we broke down the movie
0: well i mean it, we discussed the fear of fear and why we chose that as that fear. And it's because it touched on, on so many broad things. And also because as children, it really kind of was the basis of some of all of our knowledge of horror and fear and kind of that, that world of of feeling scared um from reading a book.
1: Yeah. And it's intergenerational. So yes. We we experienced it when we were kids and now
0: And then we get to share it with our kids. Yeah we get to
1: share it with our kids. And that's what I think I loved so much about it and why it made my top 10 and why I would I will watch it again and over and over and enjoy it with my kids. Um because I really did enjoy the storyline. I liked the you know I liked the silliness of it. I liked the fact that it was, you know, but it still had those good scares and those good creatures and and I think the creature parts of it too, the physical effects. Yeah. You know, a lot of people came out effects. and said, Oh, this was all CG. And it wasn't. It was a lot of physical The
0: physical effects were um, amazing.
1: Which are really cool. So, and I thought it
0: was well shot and they did the the art transition from the books really well. So there was a lot of redeeming things about it. I just Kind of was like, meh. And honestly, it could have been because the movie I was watching was sitting next to me. That shit was hilarious. Like it was it was one of those where you could see it on his face that the more scared he became, the more scary things seemed. And it was just like this vicious cycle and ever since then, he's kind of been locked into horror movies and, yeah. you know, wanting this is our,
1: our youngest son, wanting Hudson.
0: Freddy Krueger yeah. Funko Pops and, you know, kind of like having a favorite horror movie. That's a fucking Korean subtitled movie. Yeah, and which may
1: or may not come up later it in, this, may or may uh, not. in this top ten list.
0: Um, so I think it has a lot of potential. Um, in terms of being impactful.
1: Well, it's, you know, and I think, uh, I think what the horror community, the horror community really wanted like a real scary stories. Horror, we wanted
0: it, like, yeah, I think the
1: door's open for that. I would love to see like those stories put into a rated R.
0: Do they made really, scary you know, stories, books two and three? Like there's, yeah, it'd
1: be really fun to see him do that. I, and I was, I was, you know, there's part of me that would love to see that happen too. Um, but you know, for what this was kind of made to be, um, I, I really enjoyed it. It was fun. So that's our number ten uh, number nine us directed by Jordan Peel, uh, which you know, I waited and waited and waited. In fact, on the podcast, I think we even talk about like, oh, we're gonna go see us and then we didn't go see it. No, and we we kept like putting it off and putting it off but or just didn't make it out to go to the you know theater or whatever one of us got sick or. Um, and so we didn't see it for quite a while.
0: Yeah. It Put it was on the out back a burner. Time.
1: And uh, after Get Out, uh, Jordan Peele's first movie, uh, I was really excited about this one. Uh, and then I started to hear the reviews and I, I started to hear a bunch of mixed reviews. Some people didn't like it. Some people did. Some people said it was amazing. Some people, you know, and so it had a lot more mixed reviews than Get Out did. Um, and so I was a little bit more like, eh, maybe I'll see it later down the road.
0: It's a super fucking deep topic. Like on the surface, it's, it's you know, oh, they clone some some people that now live, you know, underground. And it's like you can miss the nuances of it, but mm-hmm. when you really dig into it, we're talking about um we're talking about the that like violation of human dignity. Uh you know that these things were humans too. They they were beings and yet they were you know, basically a eugenics project. Right.
1: Right. And this was, and this was uh, the, like, we, we paired this up kind of with a fear of clones, which you couldn't really find a uh, specific phobia for, but kind of in that, like in that arena. Right.
0: Right. Exactly. Um, You know, and you know, then it raises a lot of ethical questions. Like I found myself um, especially, and, and I was thinking about this more and more because of the experience of the us maze at, Halloween Horror Nights.
1: Oh, yeah. We talked about the that. The
0: movie connected to me so much more in terms of these were actual human beings who were manipulated and exploited. Um, and it, you know, they were taken as embryos and, you know, they are separate individuals and they were never allowed to be regarded as separate individuals. Um, and then, you know, backing up from that ethically, what right do we have as humans to have this kind of omni omni power what is it omni omnipotence omnipotence over um other human beings like that uh and then you you can kind of again even further go into you know prisons and like kind of draw even further kind of these different ethical conundrums right how
1: like the 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 fact that uh so many pr- uh, prisons are for profit and be- right. and, and Nike or whatever, or all these companies are getting their products made uh, with prison labor. Right. And, um, and even going back to what you said about eugenics and, and the racial implications there too, like, um, you know, kind of building, using a, a whole group of people as a kind of a slave, you know, it's almost a slave race. Yeah. Or, um, it was really, there's a lot of things that you could, you know, a lot of ways you go, but you know, it's interesting. We, we both had that same feeling too, where we, we watched it right before we went to to Hollywood and went to Halloween Horror Nights at Universal Studios. And if, if you've never heard of it, it's, it's just a whole bunch of mazes uh, that are all horror movies. It's like basically. movie It's, like, it's like walking through the movies yeah. themselves, you know? Um, it's like haunted houses, but they're, the, they're these movies. Movie sets, you know, basically. Most of them. There's some of them that are unique, too. Uh, but we, we knew we were going. And so we said, well, shoot, we got to watch. Now we got to get, we got to watch us before we go, you know? So we watched it before we went And then it turned out to be the best.
0: The best maze. maze.
1: Um, And I've heard other people say that too. It was incredible. It was like, it was literally like being in the movie. I
0: just feel like you connected with the clones so much. Uh, Even though they never said a thing in the maze at all, uh, you were just there with them and you could feel their desperation and like their desire to just be individuals and to be free. and, And you don't blame them. No. Like... I feel like I would have, I would have done the same thing or, you know, I would be the same kind of desperate.
1: So us ended up being pretty critically acclaimed. I think it ended up on most people's, most people that I've seen it ended up on their top 10 lists this year. Um, It got a 6.9 on IMDb, 93% on Rotten Tomatoes and 73% on Google. Uh, So, you know, it it, it was pretty well regarded. I've, I've seen, of course, there's always people who just, you know shit hate on everything. hate on shit just because they hate on shit or just didn't just didn't like I said didn't didn't sit with them um but you know I think I definitely felt more connection to it after we went to Halloween Horror Nights for sure um but I think it also had some time to settle in yeah. a little bit and uh, and I'm looking forward to watching it again I haven't watched it a second time yet so yeah
0: since I start since I think started thinking about the potential implications of that I haven't seen it again so I'd like to Go back with you know that fresh eye set and really see the nuances because you know Jordan Peele like he's he's so into nuances and Absolutely. little little so many details and details and, there's so many and little, little, d- little
1: I love the little like, rabbit
0: <sighs> you know not rabbit things that uh, Easter eggs Easter eggs <laughs> not rabbit <things>. yeah <laughs> rabbit turds rabbit things. Easter eggs you know
1: because rabbits uh, lay eggs at Easter time. That's it's true. Um, Yeah. There's so many Easter eggs and and like horror movie things that like he puts in, you know, like Mm -hmm. there was a copy of Chud uh, up on the, like next to the VCR or whatever um, in one of the scenes. And there's, you know, there's little shit like that that's sprinkled through the movie. And and I love that because it just shows, you know, that he's a horror fan character and and he wants to, to evolve the genre and do something different. And if nothing else, you know, everybody talks about how these are very, his stuff is very Twilight Zone-esque. And, sure. And there's no doubt about it. Like, he's definitely bringing in that that Twilight Zone element into movies that I don't think I've seen from a lot of other directors in a long time in, in the same way. Yeah. Um, and I, I love that. I love that Hitchcock, you know, feel to his movies where they're, they're they're both psychological, they make you think, They they make you think about culture, they make you think about... Uh, political ideas. And, and they're
0: beautifully shown. And they're really
1: well done. Yeah. Like, and really pretty. They're just, really
0: pretty. they're really great to watch, even in their hardest moments.
1: Yeah. So that's our number nine. Um, our number nine.
0: Us. Number nine. Something happens to you when you leave this town. The farther away, the hazier it all gets. But me, I never left. I remember all of it. To the losers. where if it isn't dead if it ever comes back we'll come back to you we didn't stop it anyways the cloud <laughs> we can't let it happen again Hello? okay Hello. For 27 years, I dreamt of you. I craved you.
1: I've missed you.
0: We need to finish it For good I've seen all of us die It consumes us from the inside Until we don't have a choice anymore You lied And I died You lied And I died (laughs)
1: so number eight on our list is uh is a movie that we have already tackled this year in our fear of clowns episode which was episode i have it here somewhere i think it was 23
0: it was Um, a two-parter though
1: it was a two-parter it was our second part it was episode 23 yeah and it was our second part um Mm -hmm. And we tackled like this whole franchise, uh start to finish. We did the book, we did the miniseries, we talked about both of the movies, uh, and and we've been listening to the audiobook. I wish uh, we had, week, had time
0: too. before those episodes to listen to the audiobook because I'm noticing even more psychological themes associated with trauma and unresolved trauma and re the cycle of trauma and reliving it, um, even more with the book. Uh so I'm really excited to continue on with it even though I'm kind of listening tangentially through you sometimes. Yeah, I've been on a shower. Stephen
1: King like crazy Stephen King kick the last what 6 7 months, 8 months when well, it comes every to every
0: audiobook you Yeah, get is I spi- I
1: got into audiobooks like back I don't know, probably over the summer, I guess, and I think I've gone through like 5 6 Stephen King books, the yeah. couple of the new ones, The Outsider and and The Institute, um I did what Salem's, Salem's Lot, The Stand? Yeah, I did. I I did the whole stand in like three weeks, um, and then now I'm doing it. So, and a lot of these I read. I read when I was younger, but these are good revisits. You did
0: another one too, didn't you?
1: Um, what else or did was I that? Do? It? Oh, Doctor Sleep.
0: Doctor Sleep. Yeah, yes. that's right. Yeah.
1: Um. So, so yeah. So, uh, Fear of Clowns. So obviously, you know, we we touched on this with Fear of Clowns, but it Chapter Two, as far as phobias go, there's a lot. Like you were saying, there's a lot of other psychological elements that go into this, this book and this movie.
0: Oh gosh. The um, the clown is just like the vehicle for all of the fears. And that's why it shifts and changes and never really sticks to one form except for this clown. It's kind of, it's like main hub form um, because it's recognizable as familiar. And um, gosh, the, the clown in it part two, the movie um some really challenging things to act out like it without it becoming too kitschy. Well, you know, it's funny. Too,
1: so mm-hmm. one of the, one of the complaints about the, the second part, right? So this one, this one made our, our top 10 list. And, 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 and to me, it was really, it was really well made. And it was like putting the first one and the second one together. It's, uh, it's really a, a, a cool,
0: I think they did well, a cool deal.
1: considering but the book, one of the, one of the complaints was, that the second one really went too far on the CG, not enough on the acting side, you know, that we didn't see as much Scarsgard this time around. It was a lot more, you know, a lot more CG and, and it, and it got absurd a little bit, you know, which honestly Stephen King tends to do, you know, it's hard to put it on film sometimes.
0: Well, and this was Um, his really coked out phase too, right? Sometimes it can be incredibly challenging to, he
1: did his best work,
0: transmit those coked out thoughts and, and things into something that's not kind of psychotic. To Can you
1: imagine at. him writing those, like the stand and, and it like these like 1200 no. page books while he's all, while he's all coked out, he's just sitting there doing I mean, like, yes. he's like, I wrote, I wrote 400 pages today.
0: I mean, yes, <laughs> especially if he's on Reno Coke, which is just mess.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, it's true.
0: But yeah, just very interesting. I know the movie had its, its downsides. Um, but for what it's worth, um, they could have, Ratcheted those back a little bit and focused more on the characters and their development through um, reliving their trauma cycles and finally breaking out of them. Uh, and the CG kind of took away from the importance of that.
1: Yeah, storyline. it was a little too heavy on it. And, and I think the ju- there was a lot of jump scares and things like that, which, again, I enjoy. Fun. I liked. And uh, we had, you know, we had Bill Hader. Which really, was, he was fantastic. He's so hot Jessica Chastain right was fantastic. So hot um, right now. You know, and you saw the kids come back again too, uh, which, which, everyone, is, which is great.
0: Finn Wolfhard, yeah,
1: and Sophia Lillis, and and Sophia Lillis is just uh, just I just saw a trailer for that new Hansel and Gretel movie. Oh yeah, um, and uh, Gretel, Gretel, Gretel and Hansel, I think it's called, it's called, and she's Gretel, and I'm excited to see that because she was fantastic. You know, those those and those those kid actors in that first part of this were so good, and we went and saw this in the theater. Um, again, it's cultural, like. We were we were talking about this the other day. This is our kids, Freddy Krueger. Yeah, absolutely. Pennywise, Pennywise the clown is our kids, mm-hmm. Freddy Krueger. And that's going to be the thing they remember when they get older well, about they horror. Were
0: about this age when they kind of heard about it and learned about it. And, you know, those characters in the first part really made us connect with them in the story, which made the absurdity of the second part a little bit tougher to swallow if you were looking for that same kind of like Absolutely. depth of connection. Yeah. But if you really want that depth of connection, read the fucking book, please. It's yeah. Yeah. It's a thousand pages of, Twelve hundred
1: fifty-seven you know, connection,
0: or <laughs> right. It's like, they go so deep into each character and, and the movie, the second part does as good of a job as it can. Yeah.
1: That's the thing. There's, it's the impossible. Given. It's impossible because really you're right. The book, you know, the book spends, you know,
0: Chapters on a hundred pages on on, on, on
1: Eddie, you know, or on just on Stanley, or just on on...
0: Eddie reflecting back on his own childhood as an adult, and then also just being back in his childhood and, um, experiencing what it was like then. So, I mean, it's, it's so multidimensional and I don't know, I, the only other way I can think of kind of translating this story would be like a castle rock store, a sort of story, you right. know, like a, like a seasons long. Thing right. And it would have be to be really a lot of yeah, seasons long or seasons. Yeah. And, storytelling. You know, I, I,
1: I think, uh, Looking, I think when we look back on it and we rewatch it and all those things, we're going to realize this really was, it was kind of an epic, you know, and it was, and they did, and they did a a really, I think they did a really great job with it. And I had a lot of fun with the second movie. Um, I didn't think it was as powerful as the first part, but it was really good. Um, So that's our number eight, it chapter two, Uh, uh, It got a 6.7 on IMDb, 63% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is actually really low. Um, and eighty percent, eighty six percent on Google.
0: Again, people looking at it through the lens of the first movie. Yeah, you can't yeah. do it. It's yeah. a completely different story. The second half. And well, and the really way they the high way high they paper.
1: split it up too. The you know the way they did it with with the kids kind of movie, or the focus movie, the first and then yeah. adult second, which the book doesn't do. The book goes back and forth exactly throughout the whole thing, which um, the miniseries tried to do. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of did the back and forth more. Uh so yeah but again top 10 for sure um you know maybe even deserves to be higher on the list ultimately would watch again Um I definitely needs to watch I definitely need to watch it again and now that it's especially back especially after we out.
0: finish the audiobook I Yeah after I finish
1: the book, I want to watch them both back yeah. to back and and see if there's any I don't know if they extended it, anything or not. I, I don't know. You were listening
0: about you were listening to a heavy Eddie chapter this morning, and I yeah. I was so intrigued because I was seeing all of these connections to some of his neuroses, and uh-huh. it's just so fascinating. So go read a fucking book, people.
1: Yeah, yeah. But it chapter two definitely deserves top 10. Number that was our number eight, our number seven is going to uh is, is a little different. It is uh Tumbad, uh, which this is an Indian Hindi language period. Like period piece horror horror film uh, that I had started hearing about last year. It was really uh, uh, got a, a lot circuit, of buzz right? around the like yeah the festivals and stuff. Um, in fact, some people even put it on their list last year because it they'd seen it in 2018, but it didn't really get a release in the U.S. till this year.
0: Yeah, you weren't a, you didn't allow me to put one of the movies that I wanted on the top ten because it didn't get a release.
1: Yeah, well, that one is definitely getting a release this year too. Um, so nobody will even know about it, but we'll you know uh, the wretched. Twenty twenties right? the wretched it's gonna yes. get it'll get it's it got bought by IFC Films so it'll probably end Ooh, up on good. Netflix okay um and I that was Trick a really on, fun I saw Trick on
0: there too really that will movie. probably I don't know make some sort of list Trick this year. got
1: horrible reviews. <laughs> which we both really liked it and, <laughs> well, and I, I, I enjoyed it. It was really a lot of fun. I think
0: it was because we were in the room with everyone and there was like a certain energy uh, from the makers of the yeah, film and the yeah, star. Omar
1: Epps was there and Jamie Kennedy and yeah. the director. Listen and to that the...
0: episode from Halloween. We'll tell you all about it. So anyways,
1: Tumbad is our number seven and Tumbad is, is this Indian uh, based in this Indian village uh, called Tumbad or this place called Tombod, uh where there is, this family that has basically made a deal with the devil and, and it's, it's, it's not a devil. It's a Hindu God um, named Hastar or kind of a lesser God and Hastar. A demonic Hastar. Entity. And he's kind of, yeah, he's a very demonic kind of entity. Uh, but he's, he's the God who, who, you know, Wanted too much, you know, had had that greed and was full of greed and and wanted all the money, um, but he also wanted all the like food or there was this food connection too. And so he was just this kind of gluttonous character okay. um, and the family had to appease this, this God, but they also realized they could get wealth from him if they fooled him. Um, on a regular basis, it's sure, kind they of can just, trick him. They trick him. They kind of crawl down into his layer. Does he
0: have like coins in his diaper? He's got a, he's got like, that. yeah, he's
1: got coins in like a pouch, you know, in his, yeah. It, it, and, and honestly, it's, it's super weird. This movie it's, 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 it's you have to watch it stunning. visually beautiful. And it has all like the, and the, the, the way they depict the, the, the God is oh, inside really, of really this cool. Like
0: beating organ. Yeah. Thing yeah. The they ground. go down in the ground, it's but they're basically really, inside of a body. Or I,
1: something or inside of the heart. Was or this the of,
0: one that reminded us kind of of pan's labyrinth a little bit? It had a
1: little bit of that. Yeah. But um, no, that was, that was a different one that we okay. talked about earlier. That was a, we were talking about, uh, uh, Tigers are not afraid.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so
1: this one didn't really have, it did have a little bit of that though, too. There was parts of that, that I definitely reminded me of that. Just
0: visually like this, yeah. the storytelling somewhat. But, I always um,
1: use that pans labyrinth example for anything that's like foreign and has like fantastical right. elements.
0: Oh, that's really, really racist of you. Uh, maybe, um, but, uh, so what, I, what I kind of saw in this movie was a little bit of this, um, this, this, fear and this generational anxiety of returning to poverty. Yeah. Like once they had figured out that they could trick this demon thing into keeping them rich, they kind of stopped at nothing to make sure that they could stockpile their wealth and, and teach future generations to do the same so that they would never have to worry about returning to that, to that impoverished kind of survival mindset. Um, and that scarcity mindset really is what got them into a world of shit that we yeah. see in the movie.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, you know, it's interesting the, because it is, it is a period piece. So it takes place at the kind of the early, uh, late 1800s, early 1900s, and then goes all the way up to like the twenties, thirties, mm-hmm. um, maybe even up to the you know forties. Uh, and you've got the British, uh,
0: Imperialism
1: kind of imperialism. Yeah. That's, that's the the colonialists, you know, kind of moving in. Right. So they're, they're, they've now occupied India and you know, there's this, you're right. There's this like fear of poverty kind of idea that kind of, you know, it's a very impoverished country. And so the, so the, the father is, is providing initially providing for his family and getting himself, you know, to that next level um, but then, by the end, we see just greed take over. You know, he has money stockpiled. He has money under the floorboards. He has it all over the place. He's got plenty of money, but he just wants more.
0: But I don't. You know? And I think behind that greed is that fear of somehow running out someday and having to to return or having to um, face that um, that scarcity feeling that sure. I don't have enough. But also with, with the British coming in, they came in with a whole new level of expectations of, of riches and of what it meant to be, um, powerful. Right. And, and they felt like they either needed to catch up and, and be with them or get lost in the dust because that wage gap was really distinct. Well, sure. And,
1: and, and, you know, that, that imperial or that colonialism concept, uh, empiricism or whatever they, that is, that is a very, um, it's it's the basis in it is greed. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, you know, whether it's the United States the or, greed or Britain has something
0: or behind it, anybody, you know? right. Like, They're
1: always trying to expand so that they can gain resources or gain something that's there in that place or gain power over those people. Um, and so there's that, that really interesting theme that goes through the whole thing. Uh, the director was arahi uh, Rahi Anil Barve, Um, Barv, and I definitely nice. recommend this movie. Um, Very cool. I, I struggle with, with subtitled movies just because I have to, focus, really focus and but not we have, have a just of them, the background, but yeah, but I love them. I normally every, you know, normally when there's one that I, that I hear, I, I definitely need to watch. I try to carve out some time for well, it. Well,
0: you and Hudson needs, need to sit down and watch more <laughs> subtitled movies. Yeah.
1: Right. That well, would get into the next one. So this one got an 8.2 on IMDb, um, 87% on Rotten Tomatoes and 97% on Google. So really, I agree with that. really pretty high, you know, mm-hmm. rankings as far as most of the people that, that watched it, uh, if you
0: don't even look at definitely the subtitles, recommend it. which I didn't half the time because I was too interested in the actual scenes, you still can glean with oh, going on. Oh, sure. for sure. Very easily. Yeah.
1: So Tombod number seven uh on our list. And I would definitely recommend it um, to our feardos to go check out if you haven't. Uh number six. This one got a ton of buzz. Um again, starting kind of towards the end of last year. I started hearing about this one <laughs> pop up. Um, I listened to the Shockwaves podcast. Uh, which uh, you know is it's kind of an eggheady horror podcast you know there's a the, the, the four hosts are in the film industry and they're you know they always kind of have their finger on the pulse of foreign films and kind of independent sure. stuff and all that that kind of deal and they started talking about this one um, uh, quite a while ago and so when it popped up on shutter a few months back um, I think shutter premiered it in the. US um, as far as streaming services uh, and it's one cut of the dead um, which, Man, Japanese movie uh directed by Shinichiro Yuida. Uh, really, really, really cool movie.
0: Made so many top tens um, this year. So
1: many top 10 lists that I saw. Uh, if you had Shudder, I think a lot of people caught it on there. I Such popped a it unique on unique concept. So right when it came out, I popped it on and 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 sat down with Hudson, like you were saying. Our eight eight-year-old, old, you know, our eight-year-old. And <laughs> He sits there and, and he's and he's like, "What is this, Dad?" And I'm like, "Oh, it's kind of a horary, you know, zombie kind of meta weird little little film." And uh and I kind of looked up some of the information about. It. I'm like, "Oh, he could watch this. There's nothing in this. It's that's, that's terrible, you know, bad, and yeah, nothing at all actually. Um and except for the zombie, you know, just zombie stuff. Uh and he sat down and watched the whole thing, subtitled, um and really enjoyed he it. 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 He loved it. He kept he's talking about it for about weeks it. afterwards. Yeah. Uh, and it's so weird because it's like this comedy horror meta zombie film where there's like there's like multiple storylines kind of. It starts off you think it's one thing and then it kind of switches to another thing, and it turns out you're watching this 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 guy create uh, his his this kind of hack director has to create a live action low budget zombie film for like live TV mm-hmm. um, in an abandoned World War II Japanese facility.
0: What a fucking cool. And idea. then we
1: start seeing like real zombies attack, but Can then we find do out this, later. Please? It's like this, it's, it's so cool. And the way they did it was so really, so interesting. And it was no budget. Like they spent $25,000 on this thing.
0: Wow. Um,
1: the cast was totally unknown. They, they,
0: they basically paid to paid be to be
1: in the movie basically. Yeah, well, exactly. They had to spend
0: money to be in the movie.
1: Yeah. And it opened in a little tiny theater in Japan and ran for six days.
0: That's the coolest. And
1: then had international like crazy success at a film festival got exposure and made now it's made like over 30 million oh, dollars. I love it. See, so, you don't have to
0: spend a billion dollars on something to make it really good. And to make so it cool to make it also connectable with people because it had a, a very emotional storyline.
1: It did. There was, a, so yeah, there was a family. It was a dad who was a director, mom, who was an actor, like a failed actress or like a, uh, yeah, former actress, uh, and daughter who was kind of disillusioned and very kind of, you know, uh, doing her own thing and not connected with her father and through the movie by the end there's this great family connection and it's a really sweet movie like very sweet i think i know a lot of people that that were in tears by the end of it um when they watched it so did you cry uh no i will cry
0: <laughs> what don't
1: cry you're crying shut up
0: you look like a gigantic baby shut
1: up uh, this one got 7.7 7 on IMDb, hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes, hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes, 89% Rotten on tomatoes. Google. Rotten Tomatoes.
0: Those people are fucking opinionated. Yeah. Too. So it's, so. I mean, honestly,
1: like there's not a lot to, to, there's a lot to dislike in this flick. It, it's just except a really fun movie. You have to read. <sighs> um, yeah. except you gotta read unless
0: you know, Korean, which is handy. Japanese, Japanese. I'm sorry. I believe the, it's Japanese.
1: Yeah. Pretty sure.
0: Um, there was another one. That yeah, was, it was Japanese. There was another one that was Korean that we watched. Right uh, Train to Busan.
1: Yeah, that's an old one.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. That was on a ton of people's top decade, uh, top 10 that's decade list I'm this, thinking, this, yeah. this, uh, this past couple of weeks, though. That's for sure. Um, uh, definitely on my top 10. Yeah. I love that movie. Love that movie. Um, Train to Busan is awesome. So, yeah, it had a ton of originality. Like the writing was original. Um, you know, the humor was really, really funny. Um, it was very funny. You had a, a lot of great humor parts in it. So it just made you laugh, made you cry, made you feel your feelings like, and it had some good zombie stuff. Yeah, it was Yay. so, and it wasn't, and, you know, I think people are overloaded with the zombie genre a lot. We talk, people talk about how they're kind of bored with it and all those kind of it's things. It's hard and this was,
0: to not be repetitive. This was
1: a movie that totally went outside the the genre and
0: incredibly unique. it I almost
1: can. isn't even a, a horror movie you know, I I almost don't even put it in the horror category because it's other than the fact that it has that they're filming a zombie film. It's just a really good comedy, you know, dramedy, um, family drama, family dramedy (laughs)
0: that happens to have, yeah, that
1: happens to have zombies in it. Um, but it's, it's fantastic. So, uh, number six, one cut of the dead, uh, very deserving flick. Go check it out Feardos. And that brings us to our top five. Got our top five coming up here. Uh, and our number five pick uh, just got in in the last, what, two weeks?
0: Yeah. Might be late, It was a late edition. Might be recency bias.
1: Might be recency bias, but I don't think so. I, I Even just rewatching the trailer, I was like, damn, this movie was really fun. Um, so our number five pick is Satanic Panic.
0: The tips. Four hours, my total earnings are an expired Applebee's coupon. A sweater that smells like racism. It's exactly oh. your size. Oh. Deliverable meal basement. It's outside our zone. I'll do it. Are you ready to make an investment in your future? Yes! Are you ready to take back what you are owed? Yes! Are you ready to fully commit yourself to Satan? Yes! Who are you? I'm the pizza guy, a girl. Are he by any chance a virgin? That's a very personal question. She's a virgin. <laughs> Whose power unlocks our true potential? Hell
1: Satan! Do you have any idea what's happening here tonight? Hell Satan! They are summoning Baphomet, a big demon from hell. And when that clock strikes 12, he's gonna rip you open.
0: Where's my virgin? I don't know what's happening. My mom and her butt buddies are booty calling Baphomet. And they're not going to stop until you're strapped to a barbed wire altar. <laughs> That's bonkers.
1: Any idea why the rich stay rich
0: and you stay screwed? Um, better health care. They are stronger than virgin no sacrifice let me protect you oh how are you people death to the weak wealth to the strong hey, hey, hey. stop drinking you really want to face this over get that mean lady i'm sorry
1: death to the weak wealth to the strong
0: virgins always so powerful
1: i purity it's about purity
0: but if purity is power don't you think that all of the people that just said that to be strong you know when you believe in satan then you'll get wealthy would, wouldn't they also want to be virgins then too
1: maybe i don't know i think there's just power in their blood I understand. there's power in the blood power in the blood wonder working power in the blood yeah Anybody who grew up in uh, no. in in him singing churches, y'all know that little ditty. Um, so <laughs> this this one is a uh, this is a this is a documentary that came out this year about the wealthy and bonkers. the wealthy and their and their and their uh, their secret cults, their secret that satanic cult. Two
0: of our top five have to do with. People like selling their souls to Satan mm-hmm. and being stopped.
1: Giving stop giving hints about our top five.
0: Satan, stop
1: stop it! You are not supposed oh, to do that. No,
0: nobody knows.
1: Everyone knows. So n- why would they know? They don't even know you have seen these movies they yet. Know. No, you stop right they now. Don't know stop, know. stop you have giving it. hints. You know they it's part of the fun. It's a secret. <laughs> um. So this one, yeah. Seriously, I'm starting. I'm actually starting to watch these movies with that, like that little, like you know. I'm starting to think maybe that they're just creating these movies because they want us to throw them off, like ha ha ha, these are silly movies. But actually, it's what really goes on oh, yeah. in in the in the upper echelons of the uh, of the wealthy the in the older world. You
0: get the more. Uh, I'm
1: conspiracy, conspiracy theory. theory. yeah, all all about them these days. Uh, but so this movie, but I'm
0: not saying you're wrong.
1: This movie was a late edition. We just watched this a couple weeks ago because I wanted to get it in because I had. I had, I had, uh, watched, uh, or listened to a really great interview with Chelsea Stardust, uh, the director. Great
0: name.
1: Yeah. Great name. And she's got, and she's got tons of, uh, she's got like, like, uh, she always has like purple hair. Nice. Um, and so she's really recognizable, but she's very sweet. She was a uh, Jason Blum's assistant for a long time at Blumhouse. And then, uh, so she knows movies really well and she's very like, uh, as far as filmmaking this being her first like feature, like she killed it. It's mm. so good. Uh, but she was on Mick Garris' uh, podcast. What's that podcast? I forgot the name of it.
0: Postmortem.
1: Postmortem, thank you. Um, on Postmortem, and I listened to the episode where he interviewed her, and, and it was just great. And I'd already heard about the movie, and I'd wanted to see it, uh, but we didn't get a chance to, to get to it until a couple weeks ago, and you and I sat down and watched it, and I loved it. I thought it was so much fun and really you know, the storyline is not like, like there's nothing super, super tough, yeah, there's grainy, something, nothing super like original about it. Well. It's been done before that kind of idea, but it was executed really well. The
0: person accidentally goes into a satanic, you know, cult and then. Yeah, she, she, she gets, she gets, she
1: brings her, she brings her pizzas and. Their
0: other virgin got de and so then they were like, S.O.L.,
1: yeah. She brought her pizzas over and she was, she'd made the special delivery like way outside of her zone um, because she thought she was going to get a big tip and then they stiffed her. And so she started to leave and then got super pissed and was like, fuck this. I'm going back inside. I'm
0: happy that she, was
1: she banged on the door and nobody answered. So she was like, well, I'm just going to, I'm going to walk in and, you know, just see if I can find somebody. And nobody excuse was around. Me,
0: excuse me. Fuck you. Yeah. Excuse
1: uh, me. And she finds this group of, you know, all the people in the neighborhood gathered around. uh, her sign, you should leave. Yeah, having their little and their little satanic interrupt. cult meeting.
0: Maybe that five dollar tip
1: wasn't, worth, <laughs> wasn't worth it. So, and then of course, hilarity ensues when they realize that she's the virgin that they need because they they because they ran out of they ran out of the, they they out of the virgin.
0: pregnant her, and that's a really creepy pregnancy scene that I did not like. Oh yeah,
1: That was Very good pregnancy. Vulnerable. Yeah, good good uh, copulation and pregnancy. Yeah. by the demon. Uh, <laughs> could it be Satan? Um, but, uh, Haley Griffith, Rebecca Romaine, Arden Mirren, uh, Jerry O'Connell and Rebecca Romaine play husband and wife, which they are in real life as well. Um, which is funny.
0: Um,
1: although he is getting ready to be killed, I think by his wife, I believe uh, in the movie, which is like, she wanted him out of the way. She was also going to kill her daughter as well. Um, so there's a lot of fucked up shit going on in this world.
0: Yeah. I mean, but when. When you truly worship Satan, I think nothing's off the table. Nothing's
1: right? off the table. Like nothing is off the table. No, no. So we we went back and forth on whether this was kind of fear of cults, fear of the rich, that kind of thing. Um, and fear of cults, I think, is going to be a topic that we're going to be hitting very soon. I think yeah. it may be our next episode or episodes. I think we may do a multi-parter on Ooh. this one uh, because I love cults. You do. And uh, I mean, you worked for CRI. I worked for a company that, yeah, for for a, 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 a way back in my early twenties when I was in Bible school, um, I worked for a company that did research cults, research non-Christian cults. It was from a Christian uh, perspective, and it was really interesting. I learned a lot about a lot of uh, uh, world religions and cults uh, and I'm through really
0: fascinated
1: that. Fascinated with cult leaders. So yeah, and 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 mind manipulation, and yeah. yeah. Super, super interesting. So, what do you have on fear of cults for this movie? Did you did you write anything down specifically, or should we should we save most of it for the coming save weeks? I'm most
0: of it. I mean, you you get the idea that this movie really is the wealthy want to stay wealthy, and by by doing so, they follow the instructions of Satan and Baphomet needs to, you know, impregnate. Some, so they're just kind of following these orders in order to stay wealthy, and they even say that you know in the
1: that's the reason why know, they're wealthy you know, is, like, is Satan has has given them this this money, you
0: know, in their mind, and weak means I'm going to die. So if I'm not wealthy, then I'm weak, then I'm going to die. It's kind of all tied together, and um, just like any cult leader, you know, the devil, prom- or Satan, the devil, whatever he likes to be called these days, um, he prod- promises. Mephistopheles. To, Mephistopheles. Uh, he promises to you know reduce their suffering by increasing their wealth and making them more powerful, but it's all this this facade and. Uh, we kind of see her, uh, overcoming this facade throughout the movie and it's really fun how they go about it. Um, so yeah, that's what I, I, I want to give away for now. That's yeah. Nice. I
1: think fear of cults, uh, will be a really fun one. And I think we may do, like I said, multi-parts, maybe like a, one that focuses more on satanic cults, one that focuses more on like folk, folk cults. And I'd like, really
0: like to include the Dennis method, uh, in cults because that's, that's a very, uh, profound method of coercive
1: control. Remember the is that from, from always, sunny? from always sunny. I don't I don't remember oh that, God. but okay. we'll, have to, we'll have to, we'll have to save I, that. I will save that for
0: you because it's very, applicable I'm looking forward to cult leaders. I
1: like it. So satanic panic is our number five, uh, on our list and, a uh, fun, good comedy, lots of fun. Go see it. Uh, number four, I was so excited for this one to come out. Uh, the, the Stephen King connection, plus the fact that Mike Flanagan was directing it and we had just lost our freaking minds, uh, with Hill house last oh, year and with, and we loved Gerald's that. game and there was everything that he touched I Oculus. Gerald's game.
0: What are you talking about?
1: But it was so good. No. I mean, it was so good. Oculus too was another one, you know, that was his. So Mike Flanagan directed it. Um, and I'm still man, blown away by the stuff this guy does. And, uh, this one, uh, was, we both walked out and went, wow. Like,
0: Again though, I think it was made deeper by the fact that we listened to the audiobook and the audio
1: well, the, the, made yeah.
0: everything so much more robust. Yeah,
1: for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, knowing the storyline. Absolutely. But Dr. Sleep uh, is our number four. Uh, if you didn't figure that out yet. Um, and this was the S- Stephen King's sequel to The Shining. It was the continuing story of Dan Tor, you know, Daniel Torrance, who was, uh, you know, grew up traumatized in, you know, because of the events that happened in his childhood and the sinister things that happened with his dad at the Overlook Hotel when he was a kid. Uh, and he want, wanted to basically put all of those nightmares behind him. And so he drank himself into stupors, you know, and was an alcoholic for many years. But then this is the story of how he kind of became, got, became sober, started figuring out The Shining again, this kind of the second or whatever third eye kind of a uh, uh, power. Um, and then he meets this little girl named Abra who has the shining as well. And they begin communicating kind of telepathically.
0: Well, at first, um, with each he, other, he refuses to believe it. He he runs. From he, it, does ex- he
1: does not want to accept it.
0: Not want to face this part of himself, right? But at the same time, he begins to remember what it was like to be a child and to not have any guidance about The Shining and to not know what was going on and to feel scared and alone and trapped. And you know, now your father, who also has The Shining, is going crazy and. You know, all, all this other stuff um, is happening. And he had, through alcoholism, uh, put all of that stuff in a very loose bed of gravel. Oh, yeah. His brain. Yeah.
1: He had shut it down.
0: And um, then he, we see him as a sober adult, you know, trying to maintain his sobriety, trying to keep those memories compartmentalized, you know, in these tight little boxes within himself so that he doesn't have to address them. And so really Dr. Sleep touches on the, the fear of remembering the past, the
1: past, the fear of the past, or
0: having to relive the past, um, and how we go about avoiding it or coping with that feeling so that we don't have to. And also the value of actually addressing that.
1: Yeah and I think you know and trauma you know those past traumas and all of those things that kind of led into that and then as he rediscovers the sh- the shining and the shine or the shining uh and, and starts teaming up with this this girl who's very powerful
0: and he doesn't want her to go through this alone Yeah and she's got
1: and then we find out there's like this this true not cult who's who's sucking the life out of anybody who has this power and and basically feeding off of them they're like vampires um and and so that this is it's a really really and i think
0: what do you think that's a metaphor
1: for uh i don't know the 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 what the true not does as far as feeding off of the the souls of others kind of thing i mean or the shining I i don't know what do you think
0: So my theory, because they pick up on people with the shining and people with the shining typically have some sort of traumatic past, right? Some sort of heaviness associated with it. Right. Um, And they have this power um, that they have to learn how to harness and it can actually be harnessed for good. um, But it also can hurt us um, and re-traumatize us and continue um, to beat down on us like that. And I think. Possibly that cult that uses those souls to kind of suck it out of you. That's, that's that feeling of what trauma does to you in the long run um, when it goes unaddressed or improperly addressed um, and it continues to feed off of your soul until there's nothing left of you. Hmm. Um, and it kind of hunts you down, Yeah. you know, no matter where you're at, no matter what you're doing, no matter how old you are, it hunts you down and it will take over you or you will battle it. And I that, I kind of saw that as the battle um, going on with these two is actually facing that monster yeah. uh, coming at it, whether they wanted it to or
1: not. Well, and the book even dives deeper into some of the backstory of Abra's family and, and
0: uh, the trauma that she
1: Right. Had. Right. And so, you know, there's, there's a lot of, of, there's a lot of heavy themes there. And And I actually, as I'm going, going through the, 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 the struggle with alcoholism was something that uh-huh. was, that was really, um, impactful as I, as I read through the book too. The function of the um, alcoholism. they really paint the, you know, the, the lows in the beginning of the book, you know, his lows pretty low, you know, and the, and the, and, and you see kind of that rock bottom, um, too. So there's a lot of that there. And,
0: and the thing that Danny, that, Danny, right? The, uh-huh. yeah, that's the one. I always get their names mixed up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, Red
1: Ram. Red so Ram.
0: Danny, um, I think his story is really about the importance of personal narrative on your experiences and on the trauma in your past. Like, what, what am I saying about that trauma now? How do I write that story now? Right. Instead of always writing the story as I remembered it. hmm Um, How do I rewrite it now? And I think that that by confronting it with someone else in that relationship with with the girl who's also going through it um, and being able to um, explore that narrative of his past in a in a safer way with her, because she also, too, was kind of going through similar things.
1: I cannot wait to watch this one again. We saw it in the theater. I haven't rewatched it. Um, But beyond all of those things, it's a Flanagan it's, it's a Flanagan, uh, style, style. you know, he's got this certain style mm-hmm. and, and, and feel to his films. And so
0: many little Easter eggs. So I can't wait good. I can go back and oh. see all
1: of them. So I ended just beautifully shot. And originally, you know, the, it, it, he's a master, um, in my opinion. And I, I'd still, like I said, I've, I've said this, I think before, but he's my favorite director. Yeah. Um, the guy just, just gets that, like he, his films just ooze, uh, uh, ambiance mm-hmm. or or you know the scenery is just you just feel it i don't know how to explain it
0: it's immersive
1: yeah it's amazing so, so like
0: you're there with them experiencing that
1: stars ewan mcgregor as danny um rebecca ferguson as rose the hat um who i just called uh tits mcgee um <laughs> in the movie her boobs are just like <laughs> <here. It's hilarious. laughs> at one point you leaned over and was like dude check out those boobs <laughs> <All right. laughs> Hey, really? They're pretty impressive. God's gifts. I don't they're, know. they're God's gift to the world. Um uh, Kaylee Kaylee yeah,
0: that also is the big screen. So I hear like the big <laughs> screen adds ten pounds of boobs.
1: That's 10 pounds of boobs. Yeah. Is that what?
0: I, <laughs> right in the chest area.
1: Kaylee Curran uh, stars Zabra and she was fantastic as well. Um really great performances. Uh, I cannot wait to watch it again. So number four, Doctor Sleep. Um Fear of the Past was what we talked about. So we may we may touch on that at some point in the future, who knows? Um, on the podcast. Uh number 3 speaking of trauma
0: Still fuck
1: me up Speaking of trauma and past trauma and dealing with trauma and uh traumatic things and number 3 um huh? in uh, abandonment and and codependency and <laughs> all the fun um, shit y'all. anxiety and and cults me. also cults, yeah, cults um and uh all kinds of fun stuff um you know uh, yeah all kinds of good stuff midsummer 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 uh, cool. yeah we saw this one in the theater when it came out um 7.2 on IMDB 83% on Rotten Tomatoes 65% on Google um like you know I like I said I I love horror comedies there's a bunch of those mixed in here um but I also love shit that makes you makes you think and well, and, and makes you about
0: this one before.
1: I wrote you that I wrote that it? like like you know 2000 word article on this too that um actually I think last time I checked it had over a thousand people had read it. So Mm -hmm. it's been, you know, it was something that was, I was passionate about. And I, I really, when we got back, we had a lot of conversations about what this movie meant, what the emotional toll was, you know, what was going on between the couple, what was going on. And
0: also what was going on in ourselves as we were watching this. Oh,
1: well, so it starts So just to begin. And we talked about this, I think on the podcast at one point, but it had the most,
0: Gruesome,
1: realistic, realistic and
0: horrible. I'm like,
1: and visceral, visceral trauma scene that has ever been put on film that I can think of in the first 20 minutes in the first 20 minutes. You're already crying.
0: No, it's too real. (laughs) It's too real. She's tearing
1: up right now because it really was though. It was was so visceral.
0: Like true stories that, that echo that first part. And it hit way too close
1: to home. Oh yeah, yeah, it was insane, it and still
0: does, obviously.
1: Oh, dude, just thinking about it is—I mean, the the death scene itself, and the the way that that all went about, and the mental health side of the of things that kind of led to well, that murder suicide that happens in the oh. beginning, and the sisters, and then but then after this death scene in the beginning, the the, the lead character um, just has the, the her trauma response is like the, the response mean, to, to this grief, the, it's the, the grief is just so intense and so, so intense.
0: Real. Like the wailing and the, the deep emotional sadness that you don't get to uh, without something like that. Like I've heard crying uh, and then there's wailing.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Where
0: it's this sadness that you,
1: we've said in the theater, I'm just sitting there going, Oh, Chris is hating this right now.
0: Well, because I, <laughs> I like to think of myself as as fairly empathetic, um, and so to just feel a little bit of what that actress was able to produce, and for it to feel very real to me, was terrifying. Yeah, it
1: was an incredible performance.
0: Like, wow. Um, and then it just goes off into her kind of confronting her attachments and her her responses um, to attachments with various people in other ways, aside from her, you know, primary family, um, because they passed away and, and there's codependency and there's,
1: well, she's already in a codependent relationship with her sister to begin with. And we, we kind of see this in the beginnings. Um, Ari Aster, uh, the director was, was interviewed about this movie. Um, and, and, you know, he had, he had some really interesting things to say about this. And I wrote about this in the article, but, um, it, he came, when we came away with it, we said this movie is, you know, a lot of people came away and said this movie is, it's a feminist trope and she's just getting rid of this toxic man in her life. Or it's this, uh, you know, this, she's coming to grips with her, you know, she's uh, putting to death all of the the baggage that she has behind her and she's, you know, no, this movie was about, and, and Ari Aster uh, uh, confirms this um, in his interviews, it was about codependency it's her, start to finish.
0: It's her replaying her intense, anxious attachments, uh, to those around her. And regardless of whether it was her primary family or then her boyfriend or Christian or then her, you know, her new cult, uh, whatever it was, it was us watching her attachments play out, um, in a very cyclic and, and, predictable pattern um, amidst this grief.
1: Yeah. So she, so she ends up, uh, she's getting ready to break up with her boyfriend or he's getting ready to break up with her. And yeah. then this trauma happens. Mm-hmm. And in the codependent relationship, this, this is very common. These kind of things happen. These attachments happen that shouldn't be happening. They should have been put away a long time ago. They should have been moved on from, but
0: it's you know,
1: and then also with somebody going through grief, it's very hard to, you know, you feel that burden, of we have to stay in this together because well, and somebody and uh, and one of one or the other is, is, is in grief. You and
0: know? then as a codependent, you know, there's that tendency to feel like, like everyone is one step away from disassociating themselves with you already. And so then you have a major, a major traumatic event that you somehow feel responsible for. And there's so much shame and self blame and, and repressed emotional responsibility um, that the then the boyfriend's relationship becomes even more important to her because she she needs something to hold on to because everything feels lost and out of control, and so then you, you latch on even harder um, because you're so afraid of being alone and what what it might mean to be alone, you know, and and to be by yourself.
1: And these toxic relationships we see we've seen these in friends, we've seen them in ourselves, we've oh, I've, I've been, been in them, them, you know, and yeah, I have been and. You know, I think people want to blame one side or the other. And a lot of times it's, 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 a
0: dynamic.
1: There's no perfection on either side. They are both very flawed and have a lot of issues to deal with. What was interesting about this movie though, is as they go to, she, she basically invites herself or whatever to this, this trip they're taking to go study this cult group, this kind of folk cult group over in Sweden. And And she, while there, they, they, you know, they, she exchanges one, one codependent relationship for another one, which is by the end, she joins this cult. She
0: loses herself in something else. Um, you know, instead of trying to independently process her grief, which it's not bad to lean on others or, you know, to, to cope with things by investigating new, um, and experiences. Sure. But she really did, um, kind of translate one, one codependent relation into another one and not without ever really addressing what was behind it or what she really wanted or what really mattered to her.
1: Which we'll get into this in the fear of cults and we'll probably, I'm sure this will be one of our, our movies. Um, But uh, cults do that. Cults prey on that. They are really good at, at finding those, finding those people that, that need that codependent relationship they need that uh that exclusivity that that attention that security you know all of those things so there's so many themes in this and and you know i i i know there was a mixed opinion a lot of people don't like ari aster and they don't like these kind of there's a lot of horror fans who are like that's not horror and it's not you know
0: Uh, yeah did you see the suicide scene oh gosh yeah there's some really
1: graphic scenes in it too
0: um
1: and i honestly i think you know, I loved Hereditary. Um, but I, you know, th- this one stuck with me longer in a way. Um, but you know, and I, I, I just, I really like Ari Aster too. And he's again, Mike Flanagan, Ari Aster, both kind of right there for me as far as directors who i am just, I'm really into right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the, what they do. I think they're doing things that are unique and different. Um, and yeah, and they make you think and they make you feel your feelings and they make you, and they make some, you know, make a little, things a little bit different than what other filmmakers are doing.
0: They make you really uncomfortable. Absolutely. They're really good at that. They're putting you in a complete state of discomfort for the full 96 minutes. Yeah. You're going to be on. So
1: it. continuing that trauma theme.
0: Yay. Trauma. Uh, oh, and
1: we talked about fear of abandonment was a big one for midsummer and also fear of cults well, will be one well, of the fear big of ones too. But abandonment
0: is where the codependency piece comes in right. because uh, it's an intense, um, deep seated, you know, fear of, of losing because you're not, you're not
1: enough for those around you. So next movie we're moving into, that was number three, Midsummer. Um, we're going into our top two and our number two, also a wonderfully traumatic, uh, (laughs) good drama movie. Um, maybe a little bit, a little bit on the lighter side than the other ones, but, uh, you don't think so? Oh, I kind of, it's kind of a fun, it, it has it its comedy elements to it.
0: Trauma. It's
1: all <laughs> So number two was, uh, was the Netflix, I believe it was a Netflix original, uh, the perfection, Ugh. which I watched very early in the year whenever it came out on Netflix. And I remember talking about it with Chris a few times. Um, and I remember thinking, gosh, I want her to watch this movie. It's so, it's so intense and so much fun. Um, th- but it had that, like, it was intense, but it also had that kind of revenge, you know, funness to it by the end.
0: It was Um, a fear of failure all the way when I was thinking of fears for the
1: phobias. Yeah.
0: Um, It was fear of failure, but not just because they were afraid to fail um, because they were going to be unremarkable or inadequate, but because uh, if they didn't, something else happened too so it wasn't just promoting themselves like a goal that they wanted they wanted to be better you know it was a preventative goal i want to prevent something from happening and that was so fucking horrible
1: so so the perfection if you haven't seen it yet it's it's been on netflix and it 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 got quite a bit of buzz when it came out too um but it stars allison williams um logan browning and Stephen weber Stephen weber who's reading my it uh who's the uh the voice of uh of right. or the reading the audiobook for it uh, for me. I love Steven Weber. Um uh he also played played uh uh Jack Torrance in uh in gonna, the Shining remake that uh Mick did. He's
0: gonna forever be associated like his voice will forever be associated with this movie and for you. the early things that he did. <laughs> Like, See, I saw like, him back in
1: Wings way back in the day, but that was before your time. Like
0: Chris Delia in You being Henderson. Oh. Now he's Henderson. I fucking
1: <laughs> hate it. It's gross. What is going on? So uh, let me give you a quick synopsis of this one. So an elegant and terrifying suspense ride filled with unexpected twists and turns. When troubled mus- musical prodigy Charlotte seeks out Elizabeth, uh, the new star pupil of her former school, the encounter sends both musicians down a sinister path with shocking consequences. Yeah. Uh, and so we've got this past trauma, right? So we find out that this this prodigy cellist uh played by Allison Williams Charlotte her mother got sick right when she was like taking off in her career like right about 13 14 oh, years I'm she's sure. she's at this the this amazing school that is that is like the elite academy for Let cellists a kid be
0: a kid.
1: um and then she has to go take care of her mom cuz her mom's dying and she's she basically has to take this hiatus for a number of years and we also see that Maybe she had some mental problems during that time as well.
0: She had a breakdown.
1: Um, but mother passed away. She's moved on. She's on her, you know, she's in in her older, she's older years, you know, she's about 19, 20, 21, something like that. Um, and she seeks out the Academy again to come kind of, you know, yeah, see them, see them again. And, and, and she sees this, this new prodigy who's this star pupil who's on billboards and she's just a little bit younger than she is. Um, and they hit it off and they have this very hot and heavy relationship. Uh, but then, uh, not everything is as it seems. Yeah. And I'm not going to give away, I'm not going to give away the, the, the crux of it, but ultimately we find out that the Academy they went to was, was actually like
0: fucking Epstein. Everyone.
1: Yeah. Epstein the world. Yeah. They were, they were, they were molesting all of the girls and kids that came into this place, um, as part of their, training methods, you know, one of those kind of deals. Um,
0: Dislike.
1: but the revenge in the end is really fun pretty sweet. and, and they get a good, a good, a uh, good revenge, uh, scene. And, uh, I really loved this movie. I thought it just had so much, it, it was so the twists were really fun. The way they filmed, it was really fun. If
0: um, you feel like you have a fear of failure, hear me now. You are remarkable. You are adequate and you are enough. Yeah. Damn it.
1: Yeah. I like it. Uh, yeah, I, I, this one got 6.1 on IMDb, 74% on Rotten Tomatoes, 78% on Google. Um directed by Richard Shepard. And uh yeah, and I got to I got to show it to you uh uh be- what just a few weeks ago as yeah. well. We 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 crammed
0: kind of binge. We
1: crammed because yeah. we had to get some of these I had, I, you had to watch a, bunch, a bunch of, of them. them um that oh. you hadn't seen yet uh and I really loved it. it. It definitely for me it was the reason why it made number 2 for me. Uh, on the list and not, you know, somewhere else on the list was I couldn't stop thinking about it. You know, it was one of those movies that has stuck with me all year and I left and just couldn't stop thinking about it. So that's my big one. Are you ready for our number one? Oh, I
0: was born ready. All
1: right. Our number one drum roll, please. (laughs) Number one movie of the year for us was (gasps) ready or not. Oh,
0: I can't believe that in half an hour, I will be a part of the Lodomus Gaming Dynasty Empire.
1: Uh, Dominion, we prefer Dominion.
0: I honestly can't wait to be a part of your family.
1: There's just one more thing, and then you are officially part of the family. So, at midnight, you have to play a game.
0: Why?
1: It's just something we do when someone new joins the family.
0: A game. What game? Hide and seek? Are we really going to play that?
1: Well, the rules are simple. You can hide anywhere. We then try to find you.
0: So there's no way for me to win, right? mean, stay hidden till dawn. <laughs> no, thank you. Good luck. What the hell is this? How old is this thing? I know you're in here.
1: Jesus, you shot the maid. Does she look like she's wearing a giant white wedding dress?
0: Emily. Sh- Holy shit.
1: I had to play along so that I can get you out. <laughs> it's
0: insane.
1: They think they have to claim force on us. Something very bad will happen to the family. If we don't find her and perform the ritual, we're all dead. Found her. <laughs> God damn it, Emily. I don't know what I'm doing.
0: Today's video is called Getting to Know Your Crossbow. I forgot my gun. Why don't you just use mine, Mr. Ladavis? I just saw her running. Oh my god! Oh. Oh. Oh, You're just another sacrifice. Ah. Ah. Do you
1: think this is a fucking game?
0: Oh. Yes, I didn't see. I remember? I wanted to get married. No, about I'm, about my sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry.
1: So, again, the true story, I believe, of the Milton Bradley family?
0: Yeah, doesn't that. Or Parker
1: Brothers? Parker Brothers. Parker Brothers. I can't remember. One of the. Famous gaming families, true story about how they used to have to sacrifice somebody.
0: Doesn't it um, make you want to just go to the devil join a demonic cult? I mean, you know Pledge your soul to the devil. The, Every o- once in a while.
1: Obviously the fringe benefits are good. yes. Um, Every once know, in a
0: while you have to sacrifice in the here
1: and now, money. I suppose. Yeah, uh, I think
0: that's the problem with that. Yeah,
1: it's it's here. It's, here it's you know, they're they're probably not storing up for themselves treasures in heaven. I no, <laughs> no.
0: I think they lost that when they signed away their soul. So,
1: Ready or Not was uh, another wonderful uh, uh rich satanic cults uh type movie. Again, um rich family, me. rich family made a deal with the devil and uh they have to basically anytime anybody enters the family Ah, uh, they have to play a game, and every now and then somebody gets the hide and seek card, in which the family then has to hunt, hunt them. them down. Like, like the most dangerous game. And
0: either family dies for not killing them by sunrise, right? Or they kill them, right? And then that person is dead. So it's
1: the consequences of of their their of their pact with the devil is that they have to. Uh, ha- this is one of the one of those <laughs> things, and they have to sacrifice this person before dawn,
0: which is really fucked up.
1: Um, or the whole family dies. Um, And and apparently they knew this because it it had happened to family members in the past or some of them.
0: So here we go again with the generational anxiety around poverty, not wanting to go back to being impoverished like that person who when they lost, you know.
1: i mean i guess you can go you can stretch that far this is a comedy though i don't know that i don't know that we're reaching back into any sort of generational trauma here this is uh this is this is fucking this is fucking this is fucking good times from start to finish um and it starts some and honestly like this movie would not be the movie that it is if it wasn't for samara weaving i think she is probably my new favorite like scream queen type, What's type chick.
0: Shocking is my wedding dress looks like that wedding dress. It did. I don't know why, what happened on her totally
1: wedding It totally did. Um, yeah, Samara Weaving, who I, uh, my last year's top 10, she made the list as well. Cause, uh, mayhem. She oh, was in mayhem right. with the, with the, the, the dude from uh, walking dead, um, which was really fun movie as well. She was also in the babysitter on Netflix, which was not a, the great, another satanic cult movie. Um, uh, Netflix, which was not the best movie in the world, but her performance was great. She was she was really really awesome. So I like her a lot, Um, uh, and she's easy on the eyes as well, um, which helps. Um, But the whole cast was great. You had Andy McDowell, perfectly cast. You had Adam Brody, um, who I love that kid. Like that guy's so funny. I just I always think of him as the OC um, because that's the first thing that I remember him being in. So I always think of the OC. Um, But I have a special. Person on the in the cast what? that neither of us realized when we were watching it that I found when I was adding this to the list.
0: How? What?
1: From one of our favorite shows.
0: What?
1: That is going to crack you Who? up. Okay, Melanie Scrafano. Uh, okay, you don't don't know the name. I didn't recognize the name either. Okay, she is the the daughter the the ditzy daughter that keeps accidentally killing all the maids. Yeah,
0: yeah. You she know, was great. in the
1: movie, <laughs> Mrs. McMurray. From Letterkenny. Oh goddamn motherfucking GNT. Fuck.
0: Get that woman
1: again. Ah! Goddamn GNT! Got suck oh GNT. My God. Can we
0: go back and watch it now? <laughs> I have to go back and watch it. Isn't that
1: awesome? Like, okay. I was like, I saw that and I was that's
0: like, That's not holy shit. Really? Not at all. Mrs.
1: McMurray that. was that, was that and she was one of the best characters in the movie she, too. Her performance she was, was so really coked fun. Out. So holy, fun. Holy. She was just doing coke lines and kept fucking up and, her and kept killing was the wrong people. Funny too. So um, funny.
0: But man, that was great. Isn't that great? Thank you. Yeah, I thought you would enjoy
1: that little surprise. Okay, so, we have and if you to haven't watched watch Kenny, watch fucking Kenny because it's hilarious. It's
0: great. Watch Little Kenny <laughs> um,
1: too. This was number one for me because, and again, another one we just saw a few weeks ago. We didn't, we hadn't watched it when it came out. We, we waited, we waited and I was like, I've got to watch this movie. Um, And it just fits that like fun, horror, comedy, you know, just, good times from start to finish. I laughed my fucking ass off in this movie. Um, There wasn't, again, storyline, not crazy original, but it was, it was
0: well executed. It was
1: well executed. Yeah. It just was a really well executed, fun flick,
0: some Um, twists and turns, some unexpected things.
1: Yeah. And for me, like those are the movies that I walk out and I go, they may not be like, I would probably put, you know, a one cut of the dead or a midsummer or um, you know, one of those kinds of movies you know doctor sleep um as being like uh, technically and 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 as far as the genre goes like more impactful and more amazing of a of a film you know film uh, more of a film more
0: of a film um
1: but i didn't walk away as as having as much fun as i did after this one so if you
0: were going to make it into like a filmy film though you could play off of what i am gonna grossly extrapolate into um which is the fear of games oh we right.
1: talked about the fear of games i think fear that's a great that was a good yeah it's a good phobia um, i like that is that and, an, is that a real phobia like does it, it actually is, have a name
0: it is ludophobia
1: ludophobia oh i love Lutophobia. it
0: <laughs> um the <laughs> that's fear cool. of games i want to do that one we gotta do that as an episode. The fear of- failing at the games, right? The fear of losing. Of losing. Oh, yeah. Um, Oh,
1: that's a good one.
0: And, you know, as in any competition, you get performance anxiety, right? So I like the idea that you could turn this into a film where um, it explores the dynamics of the family system that she's being married into and not knowing how to live up to their expectations um, and kind of everybody being not intentionally against her, but knowing like, uh, you know, I drew my line on my side of the family and you're going to have to earn your way over here kind of thing. And I think that's something that anybody who enters into a long-term relationship can relate with, you know, like having, having basically the firing squad of the other family just kind of staring you down, um, you know, on the biggest day of their lives, of especially, life, yeah. you know, they hadn't met each other or anything like that. So, um, Uh, I could kind of, and every character in this family was
1: a great character. Oh, they were so good. It kind of had that um, and how
0: they were kind of clue
1: feel to it, where it's like you know, or or whatever. Where like every character is just real unique and has their own little little uh, little personality. And obviously, this is based on the the most dangerous game, which um, one of the I I don't I don't know how to like first. I mean, really, one of the first films, nineteen twenty four. I mean, you know, early early in cinema about hunting, you know, hunting people for sport, you know, that, that, that concept, which has been redone over and over and over again in movies and TV shows and all kinds Have of this shit. Have
0: you seen it be done like this though? Like, not, you know, not quite, no. and no. Like, oh no, you know, sometimes we play chess. And no, I they did it. They, it was a
1: really like fun story. Now I um, get
0: hunted like a fucking animal and I'm assuredly going to die because it's like 12 people versus me. Well,
1: and and I thought the, the way movies, they did the end was the, the way they did the end was fun too. Um, so great. and, so that was that was my reasoning for making it number one, and I I think you really enjoyed that one too. I really
0: enjoyed it. Like you said,
1: there's not really a number one in your in your mind as far as movies go. Yeah, but
0: I really enjoyed it, and I want to caution people again from um, pledging your total allegiance. Do not pledge your allegiance to
1: Satan, people. Satan. I don't care if it's going to make you rich. Um.
0: Oh no, I just I, I I worry about kind of leaning too hard into anything. Um. So just <laughs> please be cautious. Don't lead
1: too hard into Satan.
0: Yeah. Don't lean so hard into Satan that you have to hunt your spouse on your wedding day. That would be really bad.
1: Yeah. You need to listen to the old Leuven brothers album. <laughs> what is that? Satan is real. Oh my the gosh. greatest cover of any album, uh, ever look it up people. Um, I wanted to also talk really quick before we end the podcast, uh, we didn't talk TV shows and we didn't add any TV shows. So I which did want, I,
0: would have I did want to mention, I
1: did want to mention some, uh, yeah, you would have added some into this top 10 for sure. So mm-hmm. what, what was your, what was your top ones? Would you give one? I'll give one. I'm sure we'll agree on most of ours too.
0: Um, well, one that we just finished, which was from 2019, it was actually season two of, uh, Netflix's you.
1: Oh, that was um, great!
0: I, yeah, I know not. It's not really, really horror, horror. Yeah, I wouldn't call that one horror. Serial more. Serial killer, killer, stalker, very, very uh,
1: Dexter, very Dexterish. You know, yeah. and
0: I and I would put Dexter in my top. Yeah, talk you too. was really
1: good. We um, just found that recently.
0: Really good, and I do think that the serial killer genre, like like uh, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, you know. Oh we sure, talk yeah, about yeah. That
1: serial killer in falls movie, in in, so in there somewhere.
0: Um, I would have put it. It Definitely in, has it.
1: And there's some gruesome scenes in you too. There's some he's chopping bodies up and stuff.
0: Really like. Sketchy ass, fucking A lot of stalkerish stalking, shit. Yeah, like that yeah. Made me yeah, wanna, yeah, I guess it is fault. It does. That fall made in there. me want to completely delete my social media and like get entirely offline. Right. Um, Go off the grid, so, bitch. Yeah, no, really bad. What was what would be one of yours?
1: Oh well, I was. I thought you were going to mention uh, what we do in the shadows. So what we do in the shadows? I is, thought
0: you were going to mention Castle Rock. Oh,
1: that well, Castle Rock too. So those would be the other ones. So what we do in the shadows? We have rewatched probably fifteen times now, um, which you know, a lot of you guys know it was a movie in 2014, Taika Waititi. Um, So,
0: and we watched the movie this year too. Yeah, we, we had, so n- I had never
1: seen the movie and watched it after we watched the series. We were like, well, I know this is based on a movie. So we watched the movie as well. Um, it is fucking hilarious. Dude. We drank
0: the blood of some people. We
1: drank some blood of some the people.
0: People were on drugs.
1: And now, now I'm a weird. wizard. <laughs> we quote the lines so fucking much.
0: If you are looking for like a hilarious, belly <laughs> it is so laugh, good. We know. drink the
1: drug blood. <laughs> we drink, drink the drug blood.
0: blood. I'll drink the drug blood. It's so good. Uh, it's on
1: Hulu right now. The full first season. I cannot wait for the second yeah, season. For I'm, a second I'm really season.
0: Eager. When is it coming out? I have now? no
1: idea. I haven't even looked it looked just, into it.
0: It's overdue. Like I, I will continue to rewatch it. Um, great
1: cameos in it too. There's like so Nick good. Kroll plays a great like. Dickhead vampire. Oh, and then
0: there's like vampires from every movie and genre you can think of at this like vampire uh, coven meeting. Uh, oh, oh yeah. Yeah. The know? council, the, the vampire council. council.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, you've got, what's her name? Uh, um, well, what is that actress name? Uh, Bob's sh- uh, sh- uh, sh- uh, sh- <laughs> burgers. Shoot. The voice of the Sounds girl from like, Bob's burgers. I don't know. She's the one who brings them in to the the council. Yeah. Catherine. What's her name? Dang it. You just show, <laughs> she'll. Ah, it's driving me crazy. Um, Hold on, I didn't get it. <laughs> uh, but then we have uh, uh, Paul Rubens. I can't think of anybody's name. Paul Rubens and like Wesley Snipes. Makes Wesley <laughs>
0: Snipes. <laughs> uh, and then the
1: original cast from the from the, the original the, movie. The big
0: um, Mexican. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, then they're like, he's over there. With I his,
1: cannot think of this. with Danny, his shirt
0: off. Danny. Danny.
1: Danny Trejo. Trejo. <laughs> Danny Trejo. <laughs> uh it's yeah just, it's, it's got great so stuff
0: good great uh, stuff. please do yourself a favor go and watch the show and then castle rock the castle
1: rock i think season two is better than season Fuck. one and um, it wrapped
0: into season one and it wrapped
1: in and it pulled Man. in season one which nobody thought that it was going to do they thought it was going to be a completely separate story and, and it, it wasn't
0: misery jerusalem's lot like yeah yeah. Else?
1: yeah salem's um, lot salem's lot uh uh misery you know, it had Annie Wilkes. It was basically the backstory of Annie Wilkes from Misery, which, which, you know, I did not think it was, they were going to make it work. And as I'm going through it, I'm like, I don't know how they're going to tie this into later. And they fucking Nailed pulled it, it off Nailed in the last it. episode, pulled it off. Nailed it. So Stephen Stuck King, if you're a Stephen King fan and you haven't gotten into and Castle Rock. his
0: endings, watch this.
1: <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> They do better. They do. Castle Rock does endings better than Stephen King That's does. That's
0: true. Stephen King should give them his books before he finishes them so that he can, they can, they can them write the
1: them. ending for him. Yeah, yeah. It's a good point.
0: It's like someone should have done with game of Thrones.
1: It's so funny. So yeah, this last, this last uh, season, season two was, was really good. They finished it so well and it had great performances too. Tim Robbins and, um and uh, what's the girl who played Annie Wilkes? Uh, uh, I, I love her. She was, She's great. Um, She was in uh, Masters of Sex and she's, she was, she's phenomenal. She played Annie Wilkes so well. Nailed it. So well. Um,
0: And Joy, her daughter was a great character development um, and her kind of descent into um, madness and, and the lines between reality. Yeah. There's
1: a lot of mental health stuff uh, mixed in obviously with Annie Wilkes because you know, she was a, she was, Pretty pretty cray cray. Later on,
0: you're not allowed to say that. That's I just rude. did.
1: I just did. Do
0: that. I too am cray cray.
1: You think I'm married to a therapist or something? Um, All right. So those would be my TV you show ones. On t- I also wanted to throw out there some. <laughs> <laughs> it's my choice. Um, I also wanted to throw out a couple of honorable mentions that didn't get mentioned in the top in the top ten, but probably had a little bit of you know were deserving, and I, I actually tossed a couple of these into the top ten, and then went back and forth. So, um, but definitely deserve a watch little monsters, which you didn't get to see mm-hmm. um, started the same actress from us okay. um, was the lead. Um, really good um, wounds, which I just watched a couple weeks ago, which was this really crazy story based in new Orleans about a bartender who gets a cell phone left at the bar. And then the cell phone, like there's like this kind of um, uh, demon that kind of transmits itself through this, cell phone that gets traded it's really interesting um uh, so check out wounds as well that one actually probably would have made the top 10 except i just i just didn't have enough like i, I didn't we didn't have time for you to watch it and sure. i just i hadn't gotten around to but i really enjoyed it it was really, it really set good in new
0: orleans it probably would have made my top 10. oh yeah
1: for sure you love you love things set in new orleans um the headhunter which was uh, which is on shutter right now, super low budget, like no budget at all, like under $50,000 or something. And it looks like a big budget movie, but literally there's no actors, but like two people in the whole movie. Ooh. And, but they do some really cool What's things with effects. It's about, um, <laughs> it's kind of like a, like set in like almost a mythical time or like, I don't know if it's supposed to be like in the way, in the way in the past. Like it's a mythical land. Cause there's all these monsters and there's this like kind of this hunter who, who goes out and collects the heads of all these different monsters. Um, But then his daughter dies and he's left alone and he's on a revenge quest to go kill the monster that killed his daughter. And so it's him hunting down this, this monster.
0: How did they make the Um, monsters with such a budget?
1: Just really good. A lot of stuff you don't see. So a lot of stuff happens off camera. Um, They give you just enough to kind of,
0: your imagination feel it.
1: Yeah. And it. your imagination fills in the gaps. I really like well done. So that's, that's the thing. It was, it was, I loved the, just for the pure it, creativeness and, and, and inventiveness of the filmmaking itself. I thought it really deserved, huh. um, a, 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 a mention. So really good nightmare cinema, uh, was a, an anthology that Mick Garris put out. Um, also really loved that. There was a, a couple of shorts and shorts in there that were really fun. Um, check out nightmare cinema, And I also like Three from Hell. So fuck you, Rob Zombie haters. I enjoyed it. I
0: didn't get to see that one either.
1: (laughs) Saw that one in the theater. It was super fun. Uh, How many times have I said fun today?
0: A lot. A lot.
1: Lots of fun. I had so much fun. Find a synonym. (laughs) Sorry. I had lots of joy. There was much there was much rejoicing at the film. How
0: how was it going through the Three from Hell um, maze at Halloween Horror Nights after having seen? We didn't Spider-Man. go in the
1: Three from Hell maze. We went in the House of a Thousand Corpses. Maze. Oh, I'm sorry, House
0: of a Thousand Corpses. Yeah. never mind. So I'm sorry. The, the
1: first sequel.
0: That's correct. Okay, you um, right. the first
1: movie, which I, was really I did fun. See I enjoyed that, that one. one. Yeah. So okay. Yeah,
0: you've
1: That's seen one that one, and you've it? seen Devil's Rejects. I think haven't yes, you? Yeah.
0: yeah. I just haven't seen Three from
1: Hell. Now. Was the one I went with with our friend Dee. Oh. Yeah. to see the premiere of
0: um, and which was
1: cool which was actually devil's rejects and three from hell back to back which was cool um but i really enjoyed it i thought it was a fun way to end the the uh, trilogy of those movies of those rob zombie movies um but if you don't like rob zombie like movies you're not gonna like it so don't I, it. people always go and see him and like i don't know if they're expecting something different or what but i always see people bagging on him and i'm like they are Zombie. you're gonna get what you're gonna get this is hi- how he does these movies you know and That's i like... i enjoy it
0: I don't know. It's like going to a restaurant and ordering something and expecting it to be something else. Yeah. And you're like, well, I ordered a hamburger. Why isn't it a steak? And it, what? Like, why is this
1: hamburger and red lobster? No good.
0: Yeah. You know, like,
1: like They don't what? even do fish good. If so why would they do a uh, hamburger? Good? If
0: you don't like it, don't order it. You know, go order something that mm-hmm. you would actually like. Don't bitch about it.
1: That's right. So that kind of recaps our year. I'm looking forward to, t- to uh, 2020.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, we are going to keep doing this podcast. Hopefully we will have some new things that pop up and maybe we'll get some better equipment and tell maybe wives, we'll get some t-shirts like we've been talking friends, about forever.
0: Tell your girlfriends. Tell your boyfriends. Hide
1: your wife. Hide your kids. They're going to no. find you. Don't
0: They're hide them. Tell them. You. Tell them all about it.
1: Yeah. So we really appreciate uh you guys listening this year and uh we really appreciate you guys bearing with us when we had long gaps between recording uh but we really have fun doing this and we have fun you know as a couple it's a great chance for us to chat and you know kind of connect on some some different things and um
0: Michigan State
1: bitch b- Michigan State bitch so yeah, so next I think the next episode's we talked about maybe doing, I think Fear of Cults. I yeah. think it'd be a fun one to to uh I gotta start to research. start. Yeah. So I think How are we I'm gonna there, narrow this
0: down, man. It's going to be interesting.
1: I I yeah, there's so many. There are so many guys. And honestly like send us your requests, but think about
0: do you have a Think about
1: Ro- think about Rosemary's Baby. Um, you know, Satanic Cult movie, right? You've got uh Midsummer and Hereditary, both cult movies. You've got Satanic Panic, a cult movie. We have, we just talked about like a bunch of them right, you know, no, here. No, got, You've got Wicker Man, a cult movie. Was
0: was Midsummer really a cult movie, or sure. was it a culture that was just different than ours? And you're being insensitive.
1: Well, no, that's still a cult. No, it's it, not. it was definitely a cult.
0: It's a culture.
1: No, it was a cult.
0: You can't spell culture without cult. <laughs>
1: Did you so, see the shit they did there? It was a cult.
0: It was just different than yeah. how we all did of the things. people they killed
1: not, and the way that they kill people it and, does and, not and make and, them a cult and separate themselves from. Enough. We'll talk about this during the fear of cults episode. <laughs> Um, I wanted
0: to mention that earlier. Like, no, that's definitions a of what a cult culture. is. Because we will de-
1: we will definitely define cults because there is different definitions of what a cult is, or or what defines a cult, or what you know, what's a cult versus a religion, or what's a cult versus
0: like that you know,
1: was not a cult. So it was definitely a cult. It
0: was not. A cult. Oh, it was for a sure. Culture. It's
1: Michigan State, bitch.
0: <laughs>
1: All right, we love you guys. Thank you for listening. Um, thank you for being around in 2019, and we are looking forward to 2020. And until next time,
0: stay afraid, stay very afraid.